Welcome to the Light Up the Sky podcast, where we are four guys talking um, multi-generational musical artists. We seek to catalog the entire history of a uh, some of the world's greatest acts, whether um, you know it's it's progressive rock, whether it's uh, rock and roll, heavy metal, whatever it might be. You know, we are not. We're looking to dig into those nostalgic acts that that where it's it transcends music, uh, not quantified by YouTube views, um, not really anything that is you know just just um, you know of the era of today. And I think our perspective is unique, being that we're four guys that you know I guess you could call us millennials, but we're not of that generation that grew up with it. We we made the choice to listen to this music. We really um, you know just just you know as four guitar players um, learned to play a lot of this music, and so I think that's our perspective that we bring. We bring to this, and and we're looking to to go album by album through some of the artists that really defined an era that uh, doesn't really exist anymore. And um, I got uh, three guys with me here. Uh, I got Chris, the architect, of bringing us the history. I got Alex, the contender, bringing us the controversy. And I have Kevin, the engineer, and I am Mark, the producer. And, um, you know, we'll take it from here. Another thing I think defines us is that we are a rock and roll podcast that will not talk kiss. So for whatever that's <laughs> work, <laughs> can, we, can we reference? Else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not putting down anyone else. And, you know, like I, I love those podcasts too, but I think that we're going to try to keep it. Um, you know, who knows? Well, we might be the- eating our words. There might be a little kiss slipping in to uh, right. yeah, we'll today's to episode the, here not, and there, not but that's okay. Not uh, necessarily complimentary. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Maybe a little Vinnie Vincent. That's as far as we'll go. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. But you know, we're we're, we're you know we we might do Def Leppard, Aerosmith, Iron Maiden, Yes, Genesis, Floyd, Metallica, um, Madonna. I mean, the sky's the limit as far as just you know where we could go with this. But we're like, guess we're gonna go album by album. We're gonna go track by track, and we're gonna take you on an exploration. Of, uh, of 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 a, the entire musical history of some of the world's greatest artists, and it's gonna, you know, our goal is to make this feel like a documentary, to feel like you were there when this started, and you went through the the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs of of each of these these great musical artists, and uh, that's that's our goal. We want to make it feel like like a, 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 a an, an eight part HBO miniseries or just like a presidential library, really just going into uh, just like walking away from this feel like you really uh, you. You really, you know, heard everything. You really understood the the ethos of these artists and kind of what they brought to the scene. That, uh, like I said, it's just you know, I don't think this should be a nostalgic babble, but um, you know that this doesn't exist anymore. And I think that this is uh, you know a, a unique look at it. So we're gonna start with. Van Halen, um, being that we're four guys, uh, guitar players, and that is a big influence on in all of our playing, and and being that, uh, I mean, they really typify. They were the, they're essentially the the prototype for an entire decade of of music um, that that followed them. They were uh, very influential, and and uh, you know, light up the sky. That's that's the name of the game, and that's uh, you know, that's that's what they brought. You know, so that's uh, where we're going. So we're gonna start with um, Van Halen one, of course. We're not going to do demos. We're going to start with the uh, first album. And uh, Chris, tell us about that. Tell, give, give, give us the fast facts on Van Halen 1, and uh, let's get the discussion started. Well, um, you can't really talk about the record without talking about uh, what kind of gave birth to it um, as far as what uh, what was going on on the specific musical scene at that point in time in 78. Which unfortunately was kind of like at the end of the uh, the candle burning itself out. Um, yeah, yeah, you pretty much had yeah, the two big genres of that 
era when the first when their first album came out were essentially uh, kind of the soft rock folk rock of the uh uh of the of that period uh mixed in with uh which with disco which w- was probably the biggest uh out of all of the genres that were kind of dominating the radio at the time um, punk too underground yeah yeah punk was yeah uh yeah that was kind of the most i guess if you want to call it critically uh accepted but um as far as commercial yeah kind of juggernaut uh rock and roll i mean yeah you had yeah you had the foreigners you had um uh yeah you had uh boston which really released yeah, their debut album what the about a year or two before i think that was 76 um, very influential so yeah very uh yeah, very kind of um very crazy point in time and even the uh, the legends of the genre were kind of in a flux i mean you had bands yeah you know, like black sabbath and led zeppelin which were kind of at the end of their peak and were kind of struggling to keep it together and even musically incorporating more kind of uh eclectic elements into their music like keyboards and uh, and other uh, and other specific things um. <laughs> so so would you say at that point there that you know again as a perspective from four people that weren't around weren't even you know were 10 15 years away from being born at that point right. that you might even be able to say that rock and roll was dying the guitar was out oh yeah, yeah i mean you read and even that was one of my ne- the next points i mean you uh, as much as you take uh, as far as with a grain of salt a lot of the uh, the publications of the era like circus magazine kerrang cream magazine unfortunately were pushing that sentiment and even going back to even some of the 60s acts that were still that influenced van halen like uh, like the stones like eric clapton a lot of those guys had almost completely changed their sound from what they had kind of built their initial career on i mean yeah clapton was yeah at that point it was essentially a uh, kind of a soft rocker with a little bit of folk elements again uh the bands like the stones i mean were incorporating disco Uh, if you look on an album like some girls i mean uh (laughs) Miss You was very much a kind of a uh, a disco beat. I mean, very much so. And they, even, they took it even farther on the next album. So it's so yeah. It's like it seems like as far as people investing or bands investing in that really strong kind of yeah, yeah, just four guys, yeah, guitar, ba- bass, and drums. Yeah, just going out there on stage and just you know, grunting it out. It really wasn't. Uh, nobody was really doing that um yeah and again because i think a lot of these bands were just at the end of their life cycle whether it was from the drugs or just the life of living on the road as a band of that caliber Uh, rolling stones go ahead kevin uh, so what it it kind of what the picture you're painting here is it almost sounds like you know the whole scene is ready for some new blood anyway exactly and that's why yeah um yeah a band yeah like van halen was able to to kind of make a little bit of a mark, at least again, or very early on. I mean, they were a band that built their reputation from, uh, from being a live band essentially, and kind of bringing it to the people. Uh, Cause again, and this was uh, pretty interesting as far as just uh, reading up a little bit more up on it. Um, they really, I mean, they were pretty much kind of lumped in immediately when they, uh, when they started kind of getting traction, getting a little bit of publicity, even after the first record had come out yet. Yeah, Again, a lot of these um, kind of uh, music journalists, like the intelligentsia, yeah, were kind of were trying to lump them in with the uh, yeah with all the other bands that that uh, kind of came before them, and it really wasn't true. I mean, they weren't necessarily a dark band. I mean, they were definitely a more popular band, um, but a lot of people also accused them that the sound was too aggressive, which it was. But it was that was kind of the interesting thing with Van Halen in the early on is that they were able to 
to mix and combine that extreme kind of metallic playing with with hooks i mean that you're undeniable of that era i mean they were heavier than anybody but they were a lot poppier than any of the bands that that were yeah uh that were just as heavy as they were well, I mean, when you, you yeah. listen to their their debut album, you don't hear like you listen to early Aerosmith, and it just sounds nineteen seventies. Oh yeah, it um, sounds like I mean, you yeah, listen they were, to yeah. You listen to you know you know and we're gonna name the band, but Kiss. I mean, it sounds seventies. You listen to Van right. Halen, and it just sounds transcendent to the era. First album. Yeah, and the other thing is you, you're thinking of other like heavy acts at the time. Think of like Rainbow, what Rainbow was doing at the time, but. It, in a way, this Van Halen definitely has a lot, a lot of a poppier side. You know, it's yeah, still but, heavy, but, he, but, but it's but still it short weird, though, songs. I mean, and if you want to talk about, I mean, his, I mean, the Van Halen sound. I mean, I don't think anything had been that as thick as his tone was up until that point. And I think that was kind of a unique thing they did. Because again, this was another thing that people emphasized of that era. A lot of what was coming out of heavy rock at that point in time was either very dark or very introspective or yeah so not not necessarily palatable to a to a full-on mainstream audience and um and all of a sudden you've got yeah this little four piece from pasadena yeah that yeah that comes out it's they're a fun band yeah they connect with both sexes i mean yeah they yeah yeah I mean, they give you your money's worth. It was interesting, um, just uh, with a little bit more of uh, reading that I was doing, cause just talking about s- some other legendary bands yeah, that released albums right around the same time that had nowhere near uh, the same commercial impact, because ACDC had released Power Age, and uh, Judas Priest had released um, uh, Stained Class, which are both classics, but, they, but it's funny, when you look at the numbers... I mean, they were nowhere. I mean, the the commerciality wasn't wasn't anywhere near what Van Halen did. Almost right out of the box. Well, they yeah. went platinum pretty quick, didn't they? It did. Yeah. It uh, yeah. It uh, it went gold within just a few. And by the end of the year, it had sold almost two million copies, which was unheard of for a band that kind of yeah came out of nowhere. Um, and I, yeah, I'm I get, curious I mean, how that yeah how that compares to Guns and Roses' Appetite for, for Destruction being like that album really ramped up in sales. It wasn't popular for a while, and then it just built and built. This seemed like by the by the end of the year, it was already two uh, X platinum. I mean, that's yeah, got to be think, one of the fastest selling debuts of all time. Right, right. I think yeah. Just it's funny that you mentioned that. I was watching um, a GNR documentary actually briefly, so we don't go off course too much. Um, and it actually took a while for Appetite to actually to gain that traction i mean to where it went because i think within the first like three or four months i mean it only had sold like a like a a couple hundred thousand copies which was not the initial vibe they were getting from the a and r and from some of the people on the ground that were really pushing the band um and it wasn't until they released a music video they pushed the welcome to the jungle video at that legendary 4 a.m slot played once and enough and, and, and enough people saw it where it just yeah then that's where that took up but with van halen i mean they didn't have that i mean that was what uh what uh three or four years before mtv i mean they yeah that's that's crazy to think yeah. about they um, did all this without mtv even though this was the mtv template that right. became the mtv template i thought it was interesting their piano teacher this was another interesting deal until that i found eddie's piano teacher was actually a classically trained like in the, one of one of like a number of well-respected 20th century like p- uh, pianists uh, mm-hmm. who, yeah, um, who actually in the early part of the 20th century had actually taught a lot of um, who would go on to become famous composers. Um, Tchaikovsky, I think, was actually one that really, really? kind of surprised me. So yeah, 
so again, yeah, that shows, okay, these guys didn't just come from like a normal, yeah, they were influenced by the music of their day. I mean, I mean, it's everybody, I think, well, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar enough, but, uh, um, uh, Eddie, I mean, is a massive Clapton fan. And I think that's where he kind of, that's where it started for him as far as developing his, his style. Uh, um, yeah, when Clapton was still in cream, yeah, just this heavy kind of very kind of balls to the wall basic kind of yeah uh guitar bass drums sure thing uh um, i mean the whole album is just full throttle it really is it is and that's bottom. what and, and and that's and that's what was i think that uh, that was what was missing at least up until that point i mean yeah rock had been kind of one yeah on kind of one specific kind of there was a yeah, the template was very small but yeah and people mm-hmm. did a lot of inter- there were bands that did a lot of very interesting things with it but by that point it had kind of been, yeah, where it's like, okay, it had been squeezed to its max. I mean, it's like, okay, there's nothing. I mean, yeah, not that there wasn't great music, but as far as something to reinvigorate and really, as far as the energy, I think, was gone. I think that's the biggest thing. There was, yeah, I mean, there was enough music coming out at that time, but there was nothing that was kind of like a young, like kind of like, okay, really, yeah, really kind of. Sure, uh, a fire starter. So for as influential as this album was at the time with that generation, being that we weren't part of that, I mean, Who's got stories around this album, listening to it for the first time? I mean, I know I do. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely do as, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for me, I, trying, trying to go back and, and, and thinking of when I first listened to this specific record, um, I mean, we, we were talking pre this on when we first got introduced to the band. And I know for me personally, it was hearing... I want to say I heard Jump in the car in that, that hooky synth line, but I had no idea who it was because it was just on the radio, and it's not like I could have Shazammed it at the time like we can <laughs> now. And I don't even think I bothered to ask my parents. And I have a, a vague memory of riding in the back seat with my dad playing the 5150 record, which... I don't really remember what it sounded like, but I feel like I remember him singing along to it and remember seeing the album cover. And of course, I mean, we'll get into that record, you know, down the road. But I mean, my first introduction official was uh, going to Boy Scouts with my friend Matt, like maybe back in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And dreams came on, and we and he had already known who the band was through his dad, so he's like, "Oh yeah, this is this band Van Halen." And of course, the the chorus of that that song is, you know, the main word is higher. So we thought that the song was called Higher, which is funny. So I had no idea it was called Dreams. I just went off what I heard in the chorus. So I get home, and I'm like, you know searching my dad's cd collection trying to see if he's got any van halen and he's got one cd and it's the 5150 record and i'm looking at the back and there's no song on there called higher so i'm like well (laughs) i'm never gonna find this song so i'm eating dinner and i got the walkman and the headphones and i'm listening and eventually you know i'd have to go back and see exactly what track list that is i don't have it memorized as i do some of the other records uh but eventually i came upon dreams and i realized oh this is the song that i heard later and of course then i was obsessed i uh my dad had the funny enough he had the live without a net on vhs like way before the dvd release and you know i watched that like a bunch and still to this day can memorize like every note from eddie's solo 
from that. And I would be sitting in, you know, fifth and sixth grade, zoning out, not paying attention, just going over that live <laughs> concert in my head, like the little off bits and stuff that he'll do during summer nights that he doesn't do on the studio record. And and I think maybe my first time coming across this kind of stuff was getting, and I'm, I'm sure some of you other guys too uh, would have had the same experience, but getting the uh, Best of Both Worlds uh, two CD compilation, yeah. uh, you know, of course, with Eddie Stripe on the front and... That's a per- great mix, I would say, for any sort of person who's trying to get introduced to the band. Uh, even better than I think Best of Volume One, uh, just because it, it, it there's more songs on it, and I think it does a better job of encap- encapsulating the whole career at that point. So, uh, yeah, I would have came across the Dave stuff at that point, and uh, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly when, like specific moment when I sat down and I listened to the first record, but sometime around there. I mean, I. Ate, slept, and breathed Van Halen all the all, all, all the all the way from like, right, yeah, like a lot fourth of or did, fifth yeah. grade through eighth grade. I mean, I was absolutely obsessed. So, yeah, I re- I remember I remember sitting in Bible class and looking over, and this kid next to me was draw- drawing this perfect Van Halen logo, and it was oh. you. I had no. I'm like, how, how are you? It was me doing that from memory. From Dude, memory, <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, and I'm like, I should go back home to my parents' house and find my old binders and folders because I, man, I drew that logo one too many times and didn't pay attention to class. So yeah. that's where my priorities were at. So they, they, for, they were talking yeah. social studies, and you were dreaming <laughs> summer nights. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of had a moment like that, but that was yeah the first time I saw them live. Uh, where yeah, I was yeah that was uh, sophomore year of college, and I had one of those like, well, I should have been kind of doing like studying for like an organic <laughs> chemistry exam gag. I know, <laughs> but what yeah, what was I doing? I was I was very half assly studying in the back of my truck, uh, waiting to uh, uh, pick up a buddy of mine to go to the Allstate Arena. <laughs> Yeah, so you can imagine, yeah, not a lot of work uh, done, but uh, yeah, that show yeah. was yeah worth every. That's a moment in time of, too. That uh, show, whatever I spent, what third? Yeah, I'm kind of. It was funny. I was looking back at my because yeah, I'm one of those nerds. Yeah, that's got my my little ticket book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just looking back at that. Uh, uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, that whole year in 2007. Yeah, that was a good good year. That was yeah, the Who, uh, Rush, Van Halen, and Genesis. Yeah, I might do them all, all here. within so. a span of months. Mine was uh, uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Yeah. It was actually um, it was a 7th grade field trip down to uh, Springfield, and at that time, you know, I was uh, what, 13 years old, and so I was into the music of the time, which was new Metal and, you know, Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park and like I just gag. Like I, I love all genres of music, but I can't listen to new. Me- oh, I cannot yep. <laughs> listen to new metal. What's that word again <laughs> uh, these days? And um, so I had I had my um, it was like Napster or Casa or something. I'd make mix CDs, and I had this mix CD ready for this five hour drive to Springfield, and it was full of just like like Disturbed and um, what was that? Down with the sickness and 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 all that and. And uh, a friend of mine, right. um, John Flanagan, <laughs> I remember his name. Um, he um, he had some CDs, and it was he, he gave me these two CDs to listen to. And I know he was playing guitar at the time. This is just kind of right when when I started, and it was uh, um, Boston, the first Boston album, and Van Halen, mm-hmm. Best of Both Worlds, uh, Part One, and that just completely changed the trajectory of my musical listening, like yeah. all throughout 
eighth grade high school, right. I was listening to Dreams. Like I was listening to um, like this album. I bought this album, Van Halen One, at right. Best Buy. You know, like back when you know, like I had to oh, yeah. save up money to get a CD and and uh, yeah. And walk into a store, See, and, and, and like, a, buy into a like, store. Yeah, like, buy the cover, like oh Van <laughs> Halen, yeah. Money. yeah. I, and I, like I, I really, you know, best of um, uh, both worlds had the Dave stuff, but I was kind of more into the Sammy side of that, and so this is sure. kind of my introduction to the Dave. Um, and um, I remember um, uh, my mom, our mom, Kevin, and I picking up the CD and saying, "Oh look, Van Halen," you know, because that was totally her era. And it, just to me, just like I was getting into Van Halen now. Now it's now it's uh, um, you know my turn to to uh, uh, you know get into stuff. I think that was really just a um like van halen was a turning point that in boston those two cds were a turning point for me musically it's funny because you know i I have a very similar story obviously because you brought the cds home you know because i I remember standing in front of your dresser you're like hey check out the cd that i got from this guy on the field trip and you popping (laughs) in the best of and just hearing ain't talking about love that riff that just grabbed me from the start. And, you know, it's funny. You you were in eighth grade. I was in second. You know, you were in seventh or eighth. I was in second. I remember telling people at school, like, oh, yeah, I got these. You know, I'm listening to these great CDs, Van Halen and Boston. This kid in second grade just, like, just yucking up the Dave and Sammy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just yeah that was that, that that was pretty yeah yeah that was pretty much me and yeah second and third grade yeah i was the awkward kid into classic rock and weird <laughs> <Yeah>. al. we played that cd to death and you know i i did not really know at that time just the distinctive eras doing the dave and sammy i, I didn't care you know i was a young you thought kid, it was the same singer didn't you yeah, I did. I mean, it sounded cool. <laughs> so, yeah. what exactly, what difference yeah. did all, it make? That's all that matters. And, and to yeah. be fair, and, and I can assume yeah. with you guys too, just because all of us are guitar players. I mean, as great as both of those front men are, I I would assume or put my money on it was the guitar that we were focusing on. So, and Eddie was well, there yeah. the whole time. So. It, that so makes cool sense. Yeah, that that makes sense. Why you may have at that age not known that there was two singers, two different singers, because it's like, well, I'm really just right. focusing on the riffs anyway. Right. So, and it, it was like nothing we had ever heard before. You know, oh, it was absolutely. heavy. It was just, it was just mind blowing. And yeah, I thought my my idea right. of a heavy guitar was like Three Doors Down, or yeah. like mm-hmm. Jimmy Eat World, or something. <laughs> just sure. Like, wow, that's cool. So non-world distortion. Anywhere. Yeah, but the which is I, funny. I, which is yeah. such a fun. It's a funny thing if you say that just for for guitar players that might be listening. I mean, if you actually go back and really listen to his tone, I mean, uh, like this this podcast is about is it's trying to give uh, our takes on it. You know, millennials, guys that were born in the early '90s, uh, listening to this stuff maybe in the early 2000s or late '90s. I mean, like you said, Mark, like you're listening to you know Limp Bizkit and. And Papa Roach or whatever it is that you're listening. Roach, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is like drop D. This, yeah. pieces. You know what I mean? This is like drop D, heavy distortion yeah. kind of tuning. So, yeah. I mean, that's very heavy. But if you go back and you listen to the the first Van Halen record, I mean, a lot of those tones aren't super distorted. I mean, it's rather clean to compare yeah. to today's standards. I it's mean, just loud and live and bites. It's loud and live, yeah. and it's just these guys, so many of those, there's very little overdubs on that record. If anything, it was just for leads. I mean, it's just four guys in a room, you know, 
just letting it go i mean doing it all live and it's off the cuff and you could just hear that with all these little ad-libs and stuff that eddie's doing like you know they just these guys having so much fun recording this record and who knows if they ever knew that it was going to be groundbreaking as it is i mean maybe eddie did with his technique because you know as some people know he had the the famous tapping technique that even though he wasn't the one that technically uh, right. you know, invented it. He really brought it to the masses, and he did it in a way. Right, he did it yeah. in a way that nobody had ever done it since. And you know, you read articles about when people would go see them live in the early days, like at the Whiskey or Gazaris and stuff like that. Like he would turn his back to the audience because right, he doesn't want yeah. people jocking. He didn't want people. He doesn't want people it, yeah. jocking his style. And eventually, and you know, everybody, you know, anybody that's ever heard Eddie and, and knows that he set the ground. You know the blueprint for what everybody's done since. It was I a mean, template, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it was. Had, I mean, it, it was, kind of perfected it, Genesis, yeah. Um, but sure. It, 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 yeah, sure. That was, yeah, that was my next one. And there's point, videos yeah. of Billy Gibbons doing, you know, single note tapping and stuff like that before Eddie did it. Yeah. And Eddie says he got the yeah, idea from, as, from yeah. Jimmy Page from a, a Heartbreaker live solo, but it's like, how many guitar players came out from the school of Eddie? I mean, you know, Slash, Zach Wild, Steve Vai, Satch, you know, all the... That great hair metal guys of the 80s like they all took it from him and yeah yeah it's it's crazy right it, you know it's got you know it's kind of funny you bring that up i remember reading a uh an article i don't know if it was in guitar world where uh where eddie was asked about i mean his influence on that entire generation of of guitar players and his one comment was like you know it's funny that they didn't really really pay attention to what the way i was yeah he said their ta- the, their tapping technique was actually all sure. wrong <laughs> which i never yeah <laughs> Yeah, so when you look at what I, uh, that I do it, kind of, this is the way that I do it, and they kind of took it in, in a different direction. But I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting that he just trying to say that even he, yeah, even his tapping was still, I guess, uh, all his yeah. own. Yeah, yeah. Versus, yeah. So let's jump in. Let's let's go track by yeah. track, and let's let's, uh, let's start let's, it uh, off. We've been Van talking it up. Halen one, and you know we are going to start off with the course running with the devil, and right from the start. There we have the start. There's the opening of this influential album. You, you know what's interesting? I, I didn't know if you any of you knew this. Uh, just in my uh, deeper research, uh, the horn sound in the beginning was actually uh, supposedly all of their cars lined up one uh, next mm-hmm. to each other with, a, with just slamming down on the right. horn and yeah, and just kind of slowing uh, down the tape. Uh, uh, take yeah. exactly, yeah. Which I thought I, I didn't, yeah. Uh, I never really uh, 
yeah, went that deep into it as far as where that was. I thought it was just a weird kind of guitar it's effect. A or whatever. Arms. Yeah, yeah, it is a, and I think I know what you're maybe getting at, Mark. But yeah, I mean, this is not the first time that a Van Halen member's car sound has been on a record, and and, no. and we'll get to right, we'll get yeah. to that a little later. Beginning, yeah. But I mean, that's like the introduction later, yeah. of this band to the right. world. Just this sort of eerie, you know, air raid sounding, and then just a couple of open E or E flat E flat bass yeah. notes. Yeah. And it just, it's those overtones that Dave hits on his screams are oh, just yeah. incredible. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, yeah, you just, right. just, like, yeah, it's, it just, it, it, it's multi tonal. It just, you know, it, it, it right. it's so, ah, you know, like, just like to be hearing that for the first time cutting across the speakers, it's just got to be incredible. Well, here's, you know, and again, nobody was really doing that. And, yeah. and it's interesting because you get so many of these, the band's hallmarks, you know, track one. You, you get the harmonies you, you hear in the chorus. You yeah. get Dave being Dave. You mm-hmm. get the he- heavy riff. Yeah. You get you get Eddie's tone, and it, it works so well as an opener. And, and the interesting thing that I thought about it is that really it's a super simple song. You know, sure. the yeah, riff is, is yeah. super simple. You you know you, you have some guitar experience. You can pretty much pull off that riff. There's right. not a ton of shredding that goes on. Even the solo is is pretty There's simple. There's some fills though. There's some fills. Yeah, there right. are, but it's it's you know when you think about it, like it, it's not you know it's like yeah you, you, it's not like super groundbreaking in terms of the you know just the notes, but everything mm-hmm. combined together just works so brilliantly, especially as an opener. Here's a thought too that 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 it, it, it's kind of slow for a Dave era song for an sure. opener yeah. uh, tempo wise it's just a groove it right. is yeah yeah it doesn't really rip i think that was kind of that they were able to maybe that was just because of all the time they had just spent for how many years up to that point just kind of refining because when you look at i mean starting with the first album but you look at most of the records are fairly short and very concise um yeah they, there's not a lot of I mean, even when they are noodling it's it's within like a two or three minute window i mean yeah w- uh, which i th- always thought was very fascinating because uh, especially bands of that era i mean tended to really kind of go off and where the songs really kind of went however many mm-hmm. minutes um but when you look at an album like van halen one i mean it's like it's like 30 minutes and look at what they yeah, packed into three it minute songs too yeah. it's like and, almost yeah. like today's era it's it's like a it's like and, a punk yeah, record and that's, and, and, it's awesome yeah yeah it is yeah and it and that takes talent i mean that's the one thing as far as great songwriters i mean yeah you see with the beatles i mean whether you're a fan or not would you see what they would what they could stuff into two and a half minutes i mean it takes yeah it it it, it takes a lot of yeah, groundwork I mean, yeah, just the, the lyrical yeah. i mean i'm not a big lyrical guy but just running with the devil i mean if there's something that would just be again a call to arms for the next uh you know 14 15 years of of, of rock and heavy metal I mean that was it, you know, and that's that's, that's the title of Noel. Um, I don't know what you should call him Noel Coward, Noel Monk, and his book. I uh, you know just being on tour with them. That's that's literally what it was, day and night, just trying to keep up with the devil, you know, with with these guys. Exactly, and it, it, it and it's not really. I mean, as far as the initial impact, isn't it necessarily like a dark? Where you get a dark feeling with it, you figure like, okay, we're just going out. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, in a fun way, go and hellraise yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't song have or a light that. Song? Uh, I think it's a light song, actually. Yeah, personally. Well, that was the thing. I mean, it, it's yeah. tough, and and, and that's and and I kind of getting back to your your point about how this specific song kind of has everything that this band did well at that this time. I mean, there's songs later on in the record where they're just having fun and noodling, and and, and we'll talk about those later. But it's just 
such a perfect song where you know it's got this huge guitar sound great song structure it's not super long and then the thing that and and i say this all the time like i there's three bands for me that have the best backing vocals ever it's van halen Def Leppard and the Beach Boys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and I'm sure Van Halen <laughs> took a lot from the Beach Boys too. Too, but it's just Mike and 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 Eddie just harmonizing, and that's just such an iconic yeah. chorus that it, yeah. it just it is. Yeah, that's and that, it's yeah. like impossible. That's one thing that comes up a lot. It's like yeah. Yeah. You, you, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It yeah. just they had everything. I mean, they had the looks, they had the voice. You know, they had the swagger and the confidence. And then, of course, this guitar it's, sound that nobody's ever heard before. No, it, it's like, what's and I think not was, to like? And I think that was, you know? yeah. And that was important. I think it was, yeah, uh, yeah. the guitar sound, I mean, compared to everybody else that was in and around coming out at, or, or, or still playing at that time. I mean, it was not a tired sound at all. It's I mean, a <laughs> song. You know, just it, coming it, at you. It is, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. good to... Uh, We'll move it around to uh, probably one of the most famous guitar solos of all time. here's my thought on that track if if you do not listen to that track if you are a guitar player and you cannot listen to that track without just smiling grinning just like that mm-hmm. evil grin just that oh right there that hits the spot i mean then you're not a guitar player i mean that that is just to me just the 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 most like alex said best solo of all time you know like just like on a second track end of an album you're hitting that which, just the way it hits you know just yeah right and, and which that's is, one of the yeah go ahead no it just I, I mean i've heard stories that eddie didn't even really care to put this on the record like this that what people hear was basically just a warm-up that he would do before he would right. go and play and i don't know if it was ted templeman or or his manager but he heard him playing this backstage and he goes oh no man you got to put this on the record and and even eddie says today that there's a note or a few notes in that solo that he botched that only he can hear and he wishes he could play it better oh, but yeah. i mean that when i first heard that i i didn't go i didn't you know go to youtube i don't even know when i first heard the record of youtube is really a big thing and, and i mean imagine people in 1978 hearing it for the first time like you have no visual of what he's doing there so you hear this and, and, and for maybe an, uh, a person who's who doesn't really know van halen or know what's going on that sound you know towards the latter half of that solo is him basically taking two hands and tapping on the the neck or the fretboard of the guitar versus strumming it and that's what has that crazy right. kind of watery super fast sound that sounds like he's playing you know right. a million notes a minute and it's actually the easiest part of the song to play it it, it, it <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I yeah that's one of the first things i ever learned i'm not gonna you know admit that i can play it cleanly or play it as good as he can or yeah, I, right. honestly all the little bluesy <laughs> fast runs and stuff that he does before that are probably the hardest parts of the song to get right. But I mean, 
I, I remember hearing in an interview that Zach Wild said that when he first heard that solo, it sounded like aliens, or, or maybe it yeah. was maybe it was Mark Moran right. from uh, from Lamb of God that said that oh, it might have been yeah, him yeah. Uh, if I'm getting his name right. But that's yeah. it's true. It's like it sounds like a keyboard or a synth or something. It's like you never would have thought back right. then that that was a guitar. Yeah. So very cool. And it's it, and it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, since he came from a piano yes. background to as far as his musical upbringing, so that, so you can kind of see why, why that. As far as the how that instrument came into, I mean, into his car, into his guitar playing. I mean, where he brought those mm-hmm. melodic sensibilities and uh, and just using both your hands, like you're playing a piano. I mean, it really kind of opened up, yeah, kind of new frontiers for uh, what was possible. But it also, yeah, uh, kind of made everybody go like, oh crap! Now I gotta go back to the, I gotta go yeah, start woodshedding sure. again. I, I've, I've got a story about <laughs> yeah. this song. Um, I was, uh, yeah. uh, I yeah. think I was a freshman, or yeah, I was a freshman in high school. I was in uh, jazz band. And, um, it was after we had, had played and, um, the guitarist, uh, uh, from the band, he, um, just cranks up his line six or whatever he had at the time, his, you know, okay. and, and, and he just rips that solo for everyone to hear. And I remember I just sat yeah. there, like, as he was putting away my saxophone, I just sit there and, and just watch it. And, um, like I hadn't heard it before. Like I, like I probably didn't even connect, um, you know, this was after. I mean, I had heard it, but I hadn't seen it played. Exactly. Um, and and to see it play, and and yeah. he was. Um, I mean, this guy's name was Tom Schlater. He actually went on to be um a guitarist for the band Power Space, and um, wow. you know, they they I remember they that. Toured, I think he, he was in uh, what was he was in another um like a glam metal band in Chicago, like um, uh, Big City or something. I have to I have to look up yeah, the name on that, but they myself. were uh, um. But they had like uh, a couple of hits on that. But um, I remember um, it was maybe a year later, uh, no, maybe a couple months later, and it was just like me and him in the room. I was like, can you play that again for me? And he just picks it up and he's like, yeah, I haven't played this in, in like three months. And he rips it off again. It was like that kind of song that you just want to like, again, I want to see that again. Hang on a second. I want to see that. (laughs) Wait a second. Hold up, you know? Right. yeah, that's kind of where the whole, like, as far as, yeah, just guitar pyrotechnics, as far as, I mean, and it's still something you see today. I mean, it's probably gotten to, it's been taken to its absolute limit now, but, I mean, but that was, uh, it must have been nice, at least in 1978, to where that yeah. was fresh. Yeah, as far as the super kind of, like, because, uh, yeah, nowadays, I mean, it's so commonplace now to hear that, which is a shame, because, I mean, it is, I mean, it takes yeah. skill. Any eight-year-old on YouTube, all you, yeah, you know, they like say, a, like, little Japanese girls that just, you know, <laughs> like, they're right, yeah, old and ripping yeah. off eruption. That's yeah. that's what we live in today. Exactly, I mean, it's, yeah, right, so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of sad in some aspect, I mean, that you don't have that kind of impact anymore mm-hmm. of hearing that album, or something like that for the first time, and kind of going, like, holy... But like, for, wow. for yeah, the era, yeah. <laughs> is there any, can anybody think of any other album that came out that had a showcase piece this upfront in the album? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that this is track two. Like right. you get running with the devil and then boom, you're slapped yeah, in I the face <laughs> with this solo. It's like, okay, here's your band. You get this great, these great harmonies, these great riffs, and then boom, you get our guys can also do this. You know, right it's crazy yeah, no, yeah not, nothing yeah nothing with that impact like i said there was a lot of great albums but as far as something that just kind of fills up the and really is yeah like a punch to the like literally i, I mean, mean yeah the, the uh, first thing what, that what, 
and, and I'm not even going to pretend that it's on the same level as this, but I'm just trying to think of, you know, guitar instrumentals that were put on records. And, you know, the and I know you guys will know this being big Yes fans, but I, I just think of the clap or clap, yeah. <laughs> the oh, yeah. clap, Jesus, <laughs> Cla- yeah. clap on, for on, a the, day. on, yeah, on the yeah. first Yes record. I mean, of course, that's that's super talented and and i mean they were also talented and showing off there it wasn't that that rock star just here i am introduction that you you shouldn't have a showcase piece like this that up front even though it's like new for a day was what like the ninth or eighth song off fragile or something so Mm -hmm. well the the one thing i was thinking of with fragile is that each member of the band yeah their kind Mm -hmm. of piece which is interesting a very different approach at the time well, yeah, that, yeah, that's that, that's that's probably the most progressive approach. Because let's yeah. face it, that's, as much as we want yeah. to hear eruption, we really don't want to hear ultra bass solo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put Mike down already, huh? No, I, I'm not putting him down, but that, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that, let's move that's on. My, that was well, that's like the, well, pop on my yeah. record player. One, one thing I was going to ask, just being the uh, – the contender of the show or the controversy guy of the show, if you will. I, uh, I don't know if Kev yeah. had a story about maybe when he first heard this, I don't want to, you know, take the show away from him, but Kev, oh, do no, you, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it as a follow-up question, but do you have any maybe stories of when you first heard eruption and what it meant to you? It must've been on that, that best of, I think it was sure. either the first or second track. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly don't remember it at the time but i do remember getting back into it around like seventh or eighth grade and it blowing my mind Mm -hmm. then and and it was probably because when i was much younger and and heard you know something like this yeah it was cool but you know i was a little second grader i mean like yeah yeah, it's it's awesome but like give me something i can kind of sing to and dance to. yeah put on dreams (laughs) right Right. exactly so no it it hit me much later and i i just remember being you know, my mind was blown by it, like seventh, like, eighth grade. Like and I said, once you've seen it, once you see it being played, exactly, you know, it's different. If you're a guitarist, you want to see it again and again and again. Right. Show me how you do that, right? Yeah, and my question to that would be, and we don't need to spend too much time on this answer, just because I know there's other songs on the record we got to get to. But my uh, my controversial or sort of kind of devil's advocate question would be, if this song wasn't on the album or if uh eddie didn't have that trick of tapping in his repertoire say that that's just something that he didn't do but he had all the lick all the other licks like the you know the the shredding and the pedatonic and and the dive bombs and stuff like that do you think he would be as influential or do you think this record would have done maybe as well if he didn't have it because i mean that was such a huge part of his of his playing and it's almost right. sort of synonymous with who he is so i always thought you know right. w- what if what if eddie yeah. said no you know ted templeman or my manager i don't want to put this on the record uh, i just want to put actual songs that's, on there yeah what do you think uh, yeah that's that, yeah that's a good that's a good question because yeah that song is almost like the casting your fishing line out it's like the hook like hey that's like okay you've got this crazy like guitar solo everybody hears and then and like okay oh then there's like like 10 or 11 other songs on here that are yeah, yeah I, 
Like, oh, wow, that's uh, so I don't know. I'm that's go a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Cause... I'm going to say, no, it would not have been yeah. if he would have not been the influential guitarist that he turned out to be yeah. with just the licks. You know, the Floyd probably helped a lot being able to lock your, right. your strings and, and dive yeah. bomb without pulling yeah, back I, in a tune. Yeah, but I, I think I, it's, got, it's right. got the tapping first and foremost. I mean, like when you listen to Eddie, I mean, he, um, you know, we'll get into this as we go through the discography, but it almost seems like around, you know, he it was super innovative up until the mid 80s and then he just stopped. And, you know, as someone who's learned enough number of different Van Halen solos from different eras like you really kind of feel the same thing in each song you know mm-hmm. he kind of has the same uh you know yeah. pentatonic blues lifts that he does and you know it's in B flat right. E flat and he kind of does the pull-offs that he does and it really um you know it, it, it doesn't not to you know we've been talking them up and talking them up and I'm almost kind of pulling it back a little bit to say that like he's, no, he's, I know, he's I know no where you, Steve I, I, I didn't know if you were like going to go no, there but yeah you know, no, I, if he yeah, didn't have ahead. that yeah. if he didn't have that tapping to really just you know again that call to arms of the guitar pyrotechnics I don't think that this would be a, this would be a very different album um, you know I know there was still a huge live no, band I know, but yeah, I still, yeah, still yeah, think it just influences it, guitarists right. the same way Right, yeah, that's why I said, yeah, that eruption is almost like uh, casting the uh, like the line out, yeah, where that's like okay, where that's what gets people's attention, and they pay, and they were like, well, wow, like what, what's this? And then you've got these more conventional songs again, mm-hmm. where it's like that's just like right. a hook, yeah, and but yeah, you're maybe you're right, yeah, where that's kind of like this, because again, it opened up, yeah, a whole generation of guitar playing where it's like okay, it went from being like yeah. the Sabbathy kind of Led Zeppelin kind of bluesy. Uh, maybe even a little bit of Richie Blackmore too, because I know he was uh, he was also very big uh, with the uh, as far as the classical playing. But as far as with that kind of heaviness and that uh, blistering technique, yeah, nobody, sure. yeah, that was kind of like the next the next mm-hmm. shift. Well, let's yeah. move on. We got, we got, but yeah, so the, we're gonna move on to "You Really Got Me," and which is the first single on this album, actually, of all the songs. So here we go. I had to start up there. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna. I was. I, I was gonna. It, it, I was so, gonna say the the introduction of this song to the podcast is just a nice big sexual grunt from Dave. So <laughs> yeah, just, uh, yeah, cooing. Co- co- I and was thinking yeah, orgasmic. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> right. But but you hit. You know, you have this cover, right? It's already been done. This is Van Halen. Yeah, <laughs> only right. Dave would do that. Yes. Could, could, yeah, would throw those little, and it was only the beginning. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of You know, I'm going to have to say on this song, come, and we'll get to yeah. it later when we do Love It or Flush It. Um, <laughs> but I don't like this song. So that, okay, so that is I, I, I don't thing. like this song. Yeah. The melody grates on me. I don't like the color, the covers of the Dave era. You don't? I don't. Ooh. Okay, I don't well, like it. I don't know. For, for, yeah, for me, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's a little overplayed. I mean, nothing against the song. I mean, I kind of dig a little bit more into this, some of the other um right and i can't remember i don't know if if you know alex uh as far as if that was their first choice as a single it do would, you remember uh, i read any? it was not and it was, not, was, okay. it a, was it a management choice to put uh, actually i don't know if i know that story well okay well, i know what you're i know what you're saying yeah no they i, yeah, I know we talked I, about that yeah about yeah the i mean other I, band i read well, I, I read that eddie wanted 
Jamie's Crying yep. to be the yep. lead single because he wanted his own band's song to be the single. So, I mean, yeah, and and I was doing a little reading as well. And it's funny, I was talking to Chris about this before the show started. And Yeah, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure if, you, if you, we had started recording. Yeah, it, but, yeah, but go it's ahead, funny yeah. because... Uh, apparently Van Halen had already recorded their version and, and for you know those that don't know you really got me as was originally by the kinks which was uh which is an old I believe they were British British, British invasion, invasion band, yeah. I didn't want to get that wrong yeah. but yeah. right so Van Halen tracked their version and then at a party Eddie ended up playing probably a rough mix of it to uh i believe it was the drummer of this band angel that was just a local band uh you know trying to get big around the the la area and then angel wanted to go ahead because they were i think planning on recording a version of that as well or they thought it would be a good idea after hearing the van halen version so they're like oh well their record isn't out yet let's get into the studio and record our version and put it out first so we get the limelight on it uh, which is kind of interesting, but of course, you know, you really got, uh, you know, Van Halen snuck in late at night and made sure that they got it mixed and mastered and stuff much quicker to kind of put a rush that on happened it. A lot so, back then. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I'm the, sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing though that's that struck me about this song is is you know we can talk about this after the fact, but it it fits in the context of the album though. I mean, oh, you absolutely. Also, you get songs like "Feel Your Love Tonight." You you get parts of "I'm yeah. the One." You get parts of that that it, it kind of somehow feels oldies, even though it's not, you know, that 50s, 60s influence. Sure. It yeah. is yeah. very I'm glad, present. Yeah. I'm glad it's only two and a half minutes long. Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, it, it's one right, It's yeah. it's one that uh, I always, you know, you know, playing guitar and stuff like that. But did it need to be on the debut record? Did they need to make a video for it? I mean, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean... I. I'm sure like most of you guys, like we've listened to this record so many times and, you know, of course, growing up on classic rock radio, so many of these songs were just kind of overplayed to us. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll, we'll get to it later, but I mean, my favorite songs on this record are, are more of the deep cuts, to be honest at this point, just because I've, I've heard the single so many times and not to, you know, take, you know, not to slight them because of course, objectively they're incredible songs and there were singles for a reason but right. you know when you listen to it as much as you can you start to kind of appreciate more of the deeper tracks and yeah i mean was this a throwaway one that's it's tough there's so many great licks in this one and a great solo and of course great harmonies and right. they really just they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, they make re- this song yeah. a party versus what the original was so they put their spin and it's cool. right yeah they re- yeah Right. It was kind of funny. Um, I remember uh, an interview with uh, the lead singer of the Kinks. Uh, what Ray was it? Ray Davies. Yeah. Davies. Um, uh, and uh, he, it was funny when this song really, beca- when Van Halen really started to blow up their version of it. Yeah, people actually thought that was the was the original version. He would actually get approached yeah. at concerts. Yeah. By yeah, uh, by yeah, um, by people in their inner circle, like oh uh, yeah, so you're in this, so that's cool. You're into Van Halen, and he's like, wait, 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 what are you talking Wikipedia about? Wikipedia era. It's like no, that's my song. Right. Exactly. It's like what are you talking? Yeah. Then yeah, but it's kind of interesting. It where a uh, or where a cover kind of takes on its own life. I mean, you have like again, like with Hendrix and all along the Watchtower was a cover uh, of Bob Dylan. But yeah, his version. When you think of it, you don't think of Bob Dylan. You think of yeah. Yeah, you think of Jimi Hendrix and the Vietnam War era. I mean, it's kind of, it's almost like a, 
like a centerpiece. Okay, you know, I can get on board um, with, with that yeah. being, um, you know, in thinking about this, that Running With The Devil, I think, is a darker opening than expected for such a party band. Eruption being that um, it's a showcase piece. And if you went to Ain't Talking About Love, which is actually how Best of Both Worlds Volume 1 goes, I believe, you, you you back off a little bit of the brightness. You don't have the brightness of the side one here as much as you would. So I guess I could see it. I could understand its placement. Um, you know, even if I personally don't like the song as much as some of the other songs on the album. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, keep moving on. And now we get to Ain't Talking About Love. And I'm going to play what I think is kind of what makes this song. So there it is. It's like, you know, it's a simple two chord riff overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A to but G. Yeah, that, that he, wonderful that orgasm. Huge <laughs> sound, right? But you know, once again, like I talked about with Running with the Devil, it, it's kind of a simple song. Like the 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 it riff is, yeah. is, you know, it's it's. Can you right. play the opener? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a guitar player listening to this show, or if you want to play guitar, like learn this song, like pick mm-hmm. up the guitar. It's easy so, to yeah, learn. It's, it's probably one of the first riffs that I is, learned. That's, just you yeah. know, on my thirty five dollars yeah. Sears guitar. I mean, that's like that's it. It's there right it there. Is. Yeah, I mean, it is just the the riff of just you know just an open A chord and just just plucking you know with right. with, with high gain. And again, yeah, probably yeah. probably one of the best representations of just how like ahead of its t- that as far as its yeah. tone, how ahead of its time it was. I mean, it really there was nothing. Yeah, they kind of just you can see just by him digging into that chord. I mean, you really feel it compared to I mean other bands you know, who were using. I mean, was he at that time? trying? You have to get too geeky yeah. about this, but was he trying to use pinch harmonics, yeah. or did it just come naturally? I don't know. Yeah, there's a little bit ahead of the Maybe time. I mean, for sure, that didn't really. Well, the the, the thing about. Yeah, and again, not to get too down the, you know, too too much jargon the gear, gear oh, kind of stuff too, just for yeah. the, the overall listener. But I mean, I think what what attracted me to that song was, of course, um, you know, the the picking each individual note of the chord like that with the palm mutes and the phaser. I mean, yeah. that phaser kind of warbly kind of chorusy sound on his guitar that he was so famous for using that pedal which you know I have that pedal on my board because of him but I mean that's such a a huge a huge sound and a huge opening you know you have to give credit opening to, riff um, but yeah the background vocals on that too also oh, yeah, just the, the hey 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 just well, that, hey, that's yeah. like that's a concert the, it's a it's a live yeah. staple for sure for that yeah and, and the part that really makes the song for me is when excuse me it it goes down to the quiet first oh yeah you know it goes down to the quiet it, oh, it yeah, pulls yeah, back yeah, yeah. it pulls back 
with all the natural yeah. harmonics, yeah, with all you the get, yeah. you get the the you know, it's just adrenaline rush throughout the whole first two thirds of the song. It pulls back mm-hmm. and then it gives you more at the end. It gives right. you more. It goes back to the solo section and gives you the shout along chorus. And you know, if any of you guitar players have played with this song, you are just like hammied it up at the end, just just digging right. into those chords. Because yeah. it's just oh, such yeah. a blast. You, you know, know it's just almost like, it's it's almost Beethoven esque the dynamic range in well, this yeah. in this song. Just no, how I it know. gets so quiet. No, the, mm-hmm. the, the level of energy that goes it's almost like a symphony in three minutes and fifty seconds. Just right. the the level of right. dynamic range that you don't really get again, not to say in music well, today, but no. like everything is just slam meter standing on zero. Right. This backs off and then lets it rip at the end. Right, and maybe that, and maybe that has to do with his, yeah, just his upbringing. I mean, Eddie's, yeah, uh, I mean, because he, again, it wasn't just like a lot of guys were just, I'm just a yeah. rock and blues guy. It's like, no, he had a, he had a very wide template to work and, from and, uh, that he would, that was ingrained from the time he was a little kid. So he, yeah, by the time he was, t- what, 22 when this album, or 23 when this album came out, 23. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was, yeah, jeez. Yeah, which is yeah. What have I been doing? Live, <laughs> this stupid podcast. <laughs> but and, and, and yeah, I'm reading too one. about this song, yeah. and and we say you know it's simple, and it is. But even Eddie thought so. I mean, he didn't think that this song was even good enough to be on the record. I mean, this was almost not to say it was a joke song, but from what I've read, he was trying to just make a simple punk song. And he's like, oh, this yeah. is just something oh, really? kind of oh, okay. fun for us. Like, I'm just going to make this two little or this two chord, you know, little punk style track. And he, I don't think he even showed it to the band for a while after he wrote it. And then, of course, it's, you know, one of the one of the biggest singles and even was performed through the Sammy Hagar era. That was one of the songs that Sammy, you know, took from the Dave Dave years and, and continued and that's live. That's a compliment. So. That's saying something. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. you know, I could say this track too is one of those tracks on my list. I mean, you know, Kevin and I have uh, uh, had a discussion about list of banned tracks that I never want to hear in public ever again. You know, uh, Master of Pop, or no, I mean, like Enter Sandman and, you know, um, you know, Crazy Train. Oh, like, I don't want to hear those songs yeah, ever again. Yeah, that's... This one is a huge hit. You've heard it, and I can still listen to this song. This is like yeah. Yeah, know, Breaking the Law, or just like I can listen to this one. And I've heard it a zillion times, and it's still great. Yeah. I'm, I might I might have a take uh, then a little later on on this one. We'll see how it. All right. How it all right, all right. Not Let's not that on. I don't like the song, but again, kind of getting back to this, you know, heard it so many times on the radio. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I, I guess that could be said with so many of their tracks, mm-hmm. but, right? You know. All right, we're gonna go on to uh, I'm the one here. So, and this would be closing out the first side, I believe. Yes, it is. It's funny. It's I was going to give you a little bit of crap for starting there, but I get it. Yeah, I, I understand okay. what you were doing because it shows. It I, I that. dislike that <laughs> section right there, that little doo-wop area. But yeah. the way that that guitar yeah. transitions, you know, though, it's just like kind of just sweeping right. up the fretboard there. And it just it's just like in 15 seconds says, yeah, this is not your daddy's rock and roll. Right. This well, is not. This is Van Halen. It was yeah. crazy to me because you get this doo-wop section, right? And, and right. like, honestly, you know, love it or hate the section, it builds beautifully. 
mm-hmm. you know, the stereo yeah. image. It's just like, oh, like, oh, this is great. And then the shredding guitar right into this huge hook and these harmonies that it's, it's just like, where are you going to find that in the span of 20 seconds of a song? Yeah, you know, I love multiple solo sections. I mean, like yeah. you, the first yeah. cor- right after the first chorus, there's a solo section. I mean, Eddie, if there's one track on this album where it just really uh, shows how locked in and on fire yes. Eddie and Alex are, yep. like this is it. Just that that almost hot for teacher drum drumming. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Early I, on. I know. And yeah. I was gonna kind of you started to cut you off there, but comment on that. I mean. This might be my favorite song on the record, to be honest, just because, I, you know, I, I I brought that question you guys a little earlier about Eruption. Like, if if that song wasn't on the record, if you didn't have that tapping, would he be as big as he is? If this song remained on the record, uh, it's just it just I think it would. It just it shows so much about what Eddie does, just so off the cuff and fun. Uh, his playing and, and not just him i mean if you really listen to this i mean you know if you have a good a good quality version of this and where you can really hear all the instruments and hear what's going on i mean everybody is shredding on this song i mean yeah michael's bringing it i mean if there's a yeah. song that personifies light up the sky this is it yeah no oh, yeah it's just such a fun song and, and personally i love <laughs> i know you guys might not like the doo section i love that song just because there were that part just because it really shows the fun character of you know what what those guys are about yeah. and and it, it kind of shows uh you know a lot of their influences and stuff like that and in D- dave's hamming it up and having fun right. and well here i'm hearing this just um uh, for you know, not the first time, but for the first time in a while, yeah. going back, I, just my first thought was, I hate that. I hate that section. I kind of sure. hate that part of Van Halen. <laughs> hey. But the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I appreciate how it fits and how well they did it. They didn't right. just, you know, just like slap yeah. that in there because it's funny and quirky and that's what we're gonna be. I mean, yep. it's layered. Right. The harmonies are there. And like Alex, when you, know, you mentioned the Beach Boys, right. I didn't even thought about that. That's almost there. Yeah, you know, it almost sounds like that. You know, just like those, you know, five guys, right. four you, guys you know, bringing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, this this is going yeah really back. I mean, just w- from what I some details that I kind of read up on Dave. Um, some of his, I mean, he was as far as his influences. I was surprised how early he goes back into like 20th century music. Um, you you remember the the uh, the silent movie, the uh, the jazz singer? Yeah. It was or not? Well, actually, it wasn't a silent. It was the first yeah. talkie mm-hmm. movie. Well, the main. The actor, the main, uh, uh, the lead actor in that movie, Al Jolson, uh, he was one of the big kind of doo-wop, uh, uh, kind of jazz-related kind of big band singers of that era. And Dave, I guess, was an enormous fan of his growing up, which I was kind of surprised. And he, yeah, from what I read, he said he kind of ate it and slept everything that that guy had put out. And this is a guy who pretty much had passed away by the early 50s. I mean, this guy was gone, but I guess Dave really had an appreciation for that uh for that era and yeah. style of kind of the big band kind of uh, goofy kind of uh uh like yeah, dance hall music a lot on this track too it's just on it right yeah yeah, yeah. all right well uh, we're gonna keep yeah. moving on track one of the b-side of this with james prime All right, so there's pretty much we got the hook of it, but uh, you know that that guitar turnaround there is 
my favorite part of yeah. this uh, of this song. Yeah. And honestly, though, one of my least favorite songs of the album. I think I'll agree with you there, actually. <laughs> well, I always you know, liked it. Would, would, it, here, would it have worked as a single? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so. I agree with that. Here's the thing. like, Because this was on, I believe this was on Best of Both Worlds, that, that comp, the two CD comp. Was that on there? Uh, let me check. I can't right. imagine it yeah. wasn't. I mean, it's. I think it was. Well, as far as radio play, I think it yeah, was, it was one of okay, the bigger. Okay, so it was uh, uh, track three on yeah. the second disc. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember hearing this, and of course, I, there was times where I, I really loved it. But I want to say back when I was really in my like Van Halen phase, like just obsessed with the band, I kind of felt like maybe at the time this was one of the lower tracks on the record for me. But I mean, over the years, when I because I, I I re-listened to the record today on my on my drive home and kind of revisited this one and and had more appreciation for it. But you know, it's it's a great I like track. The lyrical but, content to this one, yeah. I, I like yeah. the just the uh, it, yeah the storytelling, you know, of its era. That's true. You know, that just, is true. Uh, it's it's a darker song. I mean, it, it really showcases. I mean, it's probably that 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 uh, E flat sound, which again was pretty. You know, for uh, you know the guitar player or the non guitar players who are listening, just drop dropping the tuning of that yeah. guitar to make it sound lower and heavier. But mm-hmm. really, just having those those high chorusy vocals in contrast really broadens up the sound. You know, to me and right. I, I you know I, I do like this track as a deep cut. Right, and sorry, I, I I realized I cut you off a little earlier, Kevin. <laughs> why? Why? Oh, no, that's totally okay. Why, why is this one one of your least favorites or least favorite on the record? Sorry about that. It it just it just doesn't do much for me. I don't think it does anything that the other tracks don't. You know, okay. it, it does it doesn't bring anything to me. Like if you were to eliminate it, I would still get the whole picture of Inhale in One. We'll you know, get into right? this later, but this is not the one I would eliminate. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think as a, I mean, because it, I, I mean, in retrospect, looking at it, I mean, years later, I mean, it was one of the, I mean, when you listen to the radio, I mean, it's one of those songs you hear probably more mm-hmm. than a lot of other. Uh, I mean, it's kind of become a radio staple. Yeah. I mean, out of all the songs on the record, uh, but I get it. I think for me, it's not that I hate the song. It's just I've heard it a lot, uh, probably just too many times where I just can't. I mean, when I listen, when I, when I come back to revisit this album. Uh, I always kind of skip over that, uh, and you really got me too. Yeah, it's kind of like I said. I'm, I'm like Alex. I go for like I become like I've kind of become a deep cut listener. Yeah, it's like just with all the music I've ob- I've absorbed sure, over the sure. years. <laughs> like I, all right, well, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about some of the controversy coming up, but uh, we're yeah. gonna move on. Yeah. To okay. I will start off by saying that when I was younger, and especially before this listen for the show, which I listened to the album probably four times, I hated this song. I never liked it. Yes, what? I, I heard why the <laughs> intro. It just like okay, I didn't find it catchy. I didn't find it memorable. And when I would go back, it's not. It's I would a rager. Go back through. Yeah. I'd just be like, oh, what even is that song? So. uh Another dark song with weird yeah. lyrical content. Mm-hmm. The like thing it, it, this is, is though, Cold War lyrics. Like I don't get where it comes from. 
the the thing is, like on this most recent listen, this is the most improved song for me. Now yeah. I really like it. The riff yeah. almost reminds me yeah, of me something too, yeah. that you'd find off Fair Warning, yeah. which we'll mm-hmm. talk about later. Right? It's yeah, it's, it's yeah, so it's, dark. It's, it's, it, I it, love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah, and it picks up and it doesn't stop. I mean, it's a really once the guitar comes in, it's just kind of like yeah, just it keeps hitting. Yeah. I would I would agree with that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I when I was younger, when and when I was really getting into this record, I want to say that this was maybe one of the more overlooked ones. And this might be a weird thing for me to say, but. I think maybe at the time I was so focused more on the more popular songs of the record and more of the flashy ones where in in a Van Halen sense this seemed like maybe one of the more simpler tracks like maybe like less exciting so that made me think okay well this one's one of the worst worser songs or lesser songs on the record but yeah over the years i've really gained a big appreciation for this song just because it really hasn't been overplayed and it's sort of like a like a hidden gem of the, of the record and i just that that opening sort of hand scraping on the strings with the phaser going to get that sound and the yeah. riff it's yeah. it's almost got a bit of like a like a metalish riff something that you may hear a little yeah it does yeah it's it's a it's a it's a rager mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's got, got that, that like you yeah. like yeah, you said very, devil horns in the hair yeah like very dark right, and yeah. I don't remember if this one was really a concert staple for them back then. It might have been. I mean, I, I assume they were probably just playing this whole record on their first couple tours because that's all they had. But pretty much, yeah. And, and lyrically, right, yeah. you know, it's interesting because it almost reminds me of something you'd find like off Rainbow Rising or something. Maybe not like the words Atomic Punk, but some of the imagery that came to mind was like, oh, you know, if I throw Dio in in Dave's place, could this song work? Maybe, yeah. okay. you know, I don't know. I could. I, I, unfortunately, yeah. I have a hard time separating Atomic Punk from Atomic Playboys. It came out <laughs> Steve, a lot of years later. Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they did play it live, by the way. I just checked. Uh, oh, okay. Fresno, that classic uh, media restoration on YouTube. If you're a Van Halen fan, you need to see that. Live in Fresno, 1978. Um, yeah, so we're going to keep moving on here. Uh, feel your love tonight. And here we go. So it's yeah. No, it's funny. Ahead. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there is a song. Uh, yeah, sorry, I don't think there's a song off the record that represents the Brown sound more than that. I mean, you really right. hear, yeah, just those simple chords. I mean, you can really feel that. Just that. Thickness. I'll have to say too, and this might sound uh, which, blasphemous yeah. as uh, guitar player, yeah, but you know what that that solo reminds me of? CC Deville. Y- mm. You know what? It, it, it's like a poison maybe- solo. Well, maybe CC oh, got yeah, it from him. I, I, I know it's that way around. I'm just saying, like I hear, oh, oh, CC, oh. I hear CC. I, I, I could hear okay. that, you know, honestly. It, yeah, that was my point. At the, the song is, it's an '80s. This is the most '80s song on the album. Yeah, yeah. sure. 
Oh yeah, sure. Big time, I, yeah. I, I I never thought of that at the time, but I I could see that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? I'll tell you. You it. You know, you're saying it's the most '80s song on the album, but when I was younger, I thought for sure that this was a cover of an older song. It just had that yeah, feel to me. I, I might have too. Now that I think of it. It's just like it. It still has that '50s, '60s influence in it, and sure, it's got yeah. the sing along. But I don't know where I got that from. Maybe just the feel. Right. I mean, this I is interesting how we got two different opinions here. You know, you like, oh yeah, it's that easily most '80s song, and it's like oh, it's easily the most '50s, '60s. Well, I know. Okay, so '80s. There's a lot of. I mean, yeah, nostalgia trails thirty years behind. Yeah. There's a lot of '50s in the '80s. There's a lot of Absolutely. '80s and twenty, uh, you know, 2010s. So you know that makes sense. It's just that it's just the lyrical. You know, just the sing along chorus, the lyrics, just the, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the solo, just kind of like that typical, you know, um, you know, just uh, alternate picking at the end and a little bit of blues riffing. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's like a, just a one to four yeah. in, the, defi- in the solo. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely yeah. a template. So that's, yeah. but it wasn't at the time necessarily. It just, that's what every band copied going forward. Right. Yeah. Sure. No, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. Out of all the songs, it's probably yeah. I got the most kind of, I guess if you want to say conventional song structure um, that you would see in most other, uh, I guess pop rock songs. I mean, you got to give this this album credit uh, to him. We're talking about uh, you know the, the third song of side two here. This is track eight, and, <laughs> yeah. and like, this would be the opener if this were a Bon Jovi record or something. I mean, yeah. this is right. right. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know if we're saving ranking the songs for... Is is that what we're doing? We're thinking about maybe saving the ranking or how we feel about each song uh, towards we'll, yeah, the we'll end? Yeah, we'll do Love It or Flush It. And yeah, it or, do that. Okay. All right, so <laughs> maybe I'll... And we're going to buy it. Everyone buys a track. Okay. Yeah. All right, so All right, maybe, well, it, maybe I'll save some more thoughts for that later, but... Uh, yeah. All right, so <laughs> we go third to last track, Little Dreamer. All you dreamers out there. Let me talk about your cold when you were headed for the skies. But you were young and bold, and baby, didn't that change with a wink of This track grooves. I love this track. I mean, it's not, it's a minor blues almost. Yeah. Honestly, I'll tell you who's the star of this track, in my opinion. There's, there's some standouts, but I think Dave really makes this track. Sometimes you can say Dave, like, can ruin a track for you. Uh, You know, I'll totally say he can ruin a track, but I think Dave makes this track. And he just, his delivery is perfect. Okay, is, is that yeah, the first? Yeah, just injecting his personality. Is that the yeah. first appearance of a shot? <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, so. we got that plenty from Skid Row later. We got plenty uh, 18 in life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I, I can't. I got to get some researchers on first appearance of a musical shot. Yeah, 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 well, 
Yeah, we'll do an hour and a half on, okay, famous shots and music. Yeah, no. yeah, it did but, start with Sebastian Bach. It's, it's, I, 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 this is a great deep cut for me. I, um, yeah. I love the major chord turnaround. Like, it's just a minor blues and yeah. just, you know, it's not exactly a minor blues, but like just it's for a band that's like all the, the acts in this era were just, you know, the, 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 uh, the chrysalis of, of blues music. And then, you know, like why well, went out a minor yeah. blues tune? And this is really like, I, I like this, this song a lot. Yeah, I also really like uh, the bass line here. I feel like it, it just really yeah. helps make the song. It's, I love how it it's yeah, very it goes down while the guitar goes up. The guitar's and the bass yeah. is dum bum bum bum. Yeah. Right. It just like keep, keeps churning with everything. And I, I, you know, the lyrical content hits too. You know, little dreamer, sure, but it's like the just Dave just makes it work. It just this makes is a it work precursor so well. to yeah. I'll wait. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hear, right. You can kind of hear it just just in his singing. He just sounds like he's really having a good time with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the song. Maybe maybe that goes back to his maybe the the blues and soul music. Okay. He was think of the up contrast. Where he just did. Yeah, was think like, of the contrast yeah. between how yeah. laid back he is here and those screams yeah. at the beginning of Running with the Devil. Yeah. Right. That's like more I mean, versatile how, than he's getting yeah, credit for sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, on that, yeah, I mean, you can, and that's, I think, one of the strengths of the record is that there is versatility that's not, yeah, where it's kind of, uh, where you've got that jack of all trades, master yeah. of all, yeah, where it's, okay, they want to throw, and I mean, they never, they don't push the slower stuff too far into, into kind of territory that might be a little off the, but, yeah, they very, it's, there's, it's pretty seamless as far as kind of, yeah, throwing all of these, uh, all these different influences in the uh, the thing that gets me too is that the chorus is just yeah. ooh ooh little right. dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all, yeah, that's all you that, need. And that's no, it's funny, and that's a very much a kind of a uh, as far as an early like rock and roll, an early pop kind of thing too. I mean, you hear a lot of like yeah, doo wop songs or whatever, or even yeah, or even uh, yeah, crooner songs from the. Uh, uh, from the late fifties, early sixties, they kind of had. If there was a chorus, it was just kind of like a just a like a noise. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily a. Uh, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a. Yeah, where you've got just like where it's all just first chorus, first or, or or very or, or deep. First uh, uh, or, or verse and choruses that uh, that where they're very deeply kind of connected. Like sometimes you just got to throw in a. Yeah, just an ooh or an ah or a. Uh, a sha or a, or <laughs> bada or, or what? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, most yeah. importantly. Did you yeah. want to uh, point? Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I know no, Alex no, was going to say yeah. something there. I accidentally cut him off. No, uh, yeah, this yeah. is an interesting song for me. Uh, definitely a favorite of mine. Again, back, it, it's it's tricky. It's funny that we're doing this now because it's, I'm, I'm kind of having to go back and revisit so many of my, my favorite records. I mean, like I said, this was my favorite band from fourth through eighth grade i mean it i i changed my my image uh, you know i asked my dad to you know to kind of <laughs> you know growing the hair out and you know i bought the red yeah. converse high tops and stuff and i asked my dad for a guitar and of course he bought me uh uh for for christmas in eighth grade he got me a red washburn strat style body and i didn't tell him you know that's what i wanted but i think he just kind of knew that I was really big into to Van Halen, so he's like, "Oh well, Eddie plays a Red Strat style body. You know, this would be kind of cool." So it's funny going back and re-listening to all these records like years later when I'm sort of, you know, into different stuff now. And and th- and this song, yeah, like I said, it was it was a big 
a big hit for me back then. Now, I don't know. I'm not not saying I would get rid of it, and, and I think maybe some of your guys' comments sort of pulled me back in a little bit because yeah, it's a very simple sort of bluesy song, and all the rest of the guys other than Dave are kind of pulling back and really just kind of grooving and let Dave shine on this one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, spotlights do, on do, do I feel as strongly as I do about it now than I did back then? I don't know. But I, I feel like it also kind of serves a purpose for the record, too, because like it's like a dynamic thing. Like They're trying to put a slower song to, you know... Right everything else you know yeah you know balance it out not always have all these fast you know raging rocker songs on it you can you know pull it back and show really what kind of influences these guys have and and that they can do so much so i mean as a retrospective listening to this album is just like i didn't realize how balanced it is from the up and down the party tracks to the darker tracks yeah didn't remember that and really appreciate that looking back on it and really going in depth to it and, yeah. and here we That's move on to our one semi-acoustic track. <laughs> I never stop, I usually pass by just around 11 o'clock. And if you let me cool you one time, you be my regular style. All right, boys. I put my banana pixie cups on flavors and push up to Just had to cut the beginning of the oh, solo in there. Oh, <laughs> Kev, of all people, I thought you would have let that solo go, but no. I, I thought about it, but I would have ended up playing the That's entire what song. Editing true. is for. <laughs> is I mean, true. I miss track. I mean, I, I as much as I love that solo, that solo rips. I'm not sure I can yeah. sit through Dave's vocal shenanigans yeah. at the beginning. Like that just. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I, it, love yeah, I love this it. This is and a I hate song it. that when yeah, I. Sure. What, what, yeah, when I think of it, I mean, now you think of Dave. I mean, this is a Dave song again, a song where he really yeah, puts yeah, his inflections on the lyrics, I and mean, you can tell like it's almost like he's which is what you yeah. do with a cover song, yeah. so that's fine. But who, just, who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, but, doesn't sing this like Dave? Which when this, you're singing it exactly, you can't because because this is a, this is Taylor Made. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which yeah. this is a, this is a cover yeah, track again, for again pulling in his influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it is a little kind of uh, if, yeah. I mean, again, you can you can hear he's kind of singing. You can tell there's a little bit of humor, of course, which is I mean that's his. I mean that that is yeah. who Dave is. I mean he's a yeah. uh, but this is probably the best representation of the on the record where it's almost kind of like everything's a, a double yeah, entendre everything's yeah. a sexual overtone right you know, mm-hmm. it's, again the template of exactly. the 80s it's, right yeah it's almost got like a novelty kind of feel to it yeah where yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of like a yeah it's uh again yeah probably the quirkiest song on the record it really doesn't uh i mean except when eddie briefly kind of comes in and kind of grips there that part that you mm-hmm. played but yeah overall yeah it definitely kind of stands apart from the rest of the uh, of the album i mean even like little dreamer i think is more in line with the other songs where this is yeah yes it's a cover song but it really is yeah kind of yeah uh, yeah you can tell there that there are those really way outside mm-hmm. influences uh, that are pulling when on it i was younger the whole band coming in halfway through the song was the coolest thing in the world to me 
Sure. It was just so cool. It's just like you had this acoustic intro. Oh, okay, you know, that's kind of cool. It's the one, you know, right. s- spotlight for acoustic on the album. You know, that, that Dave right. plays, actually. Mm-hmm. He's credited on it. But right. then all of a sudden, yeah. boom, boom. You know, it rips into like, yeah, oh, that, it's, yeah. It's good fun, yeah. you know. And, and when you're 10... You know, that is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> right. Right, I always yeah. love the ending of that, that halftime triplet, you know, as much as I uh, uh, am hesitant to like the 60s and 50s influences on this album, I love that part. Yeah, that is cool. Right. Well, it's, it's unique because it's down. one of the few times where it actually, yeah, where it actually kind of yeah. works. And maybe that's because, yeah, they just had that, it was in their blood. Maybe they just had kind of absorbed it to the point where they were, they had, they had the balls that's to do it. That's what I was going to say, yeah. like, it, it takes balls to put a track yeah. like this on an album like this. Yeah. And that's may, and that's maybe why we're, why we're talking or why everybody's still talking about this record because it kind of it pulled in stuff that every nobody at least especially in the heavier genres probably wouldn't have gone this far. Um, do you, and having as much fun as they were having too doing do it. Do you have any yeah. strong feelings on this track, Alex? Ah man, I don't. I it's tough. I, again, I. I love it for the Dave bits, honestly. And when I'm listening to the song in the car, I, I'll admit I put the Dave voice on, and I uh, I like <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like on. I said, it, it's a Dave I, I, song. I try yeah. to sing it like he does, yeah. just because it's good fun. But <clears throat> I mean, yeah, yeah, they 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 played this one live a bunch. This was the the chance for Dave to pick out the you know pick up the acoustic live and <clears throat> you know ham with the crowd and stuff like that. And they even did you know played the song live on the reunion tours. So. Super fun solo, just a super fun song. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the guy I, I had to do some research on it. I mean, at the time, I didn't know that it was a cover song. I, I want to say maybe I sort of had the same feeling as you have about "Feel Your Love Tonight," where yeah. I heard it, but I didn't really do the research. And I'm like, I feel like this would be like a cover song, yeah. but right. I never like really confirmed or went to find out if that was true. And you know, you know now that it is. It's it's by this guy John Brim, which is like an old uh, Chicago blues guy, and it's interesting that out of all the songs that they could have picked to cover, they picked this one. I mean, I'm sure this has a lot to do with maybe Dave's influence, like growing up in the Midwest, and maybe this was played at his house a lot. But an interesting song for them to pick, but they killed it on this one. So. Yeah, you know yeah. that this is an interesting point that I'm starting to learn from this discussion here is that you know it, it in looking back at this album and and thinking about like I thought this album had way more covers than it actually did. Yeah, and then I go to Van Halen too. Like really, only just I thought they were just like half covers at this yeah. point, and like going back to it because and I didn't realize that you know in this discussion discovering that you know like oh yeah you thought feel I could see feel your love tonight being a cover, you know, it's that, that, uh, that's an interesting realization to me, you know, after hearing the album a thousand times and then, you know, a yeah. thousand and one for an in-depth discussion, I never thought about that in the same way now again. Yeah. It's right. like the songs that you, you think are covers aren't. And then the songs that are actually covers are like, well, they do yeah. it so much in their style that that could just be one of their own songs. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. All right. So let's close it we, out. Yeah, here we are. We're ready to close out with On Fire.
Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this probably, yeah, Deep Down is probably, yeah, my favorite song. This or uh, Ain't Talking About Love. But the, I, what I love about this, again, it's another rager. Uh, it just, especially when Dave comes in, where it's just like, turn your Yeah, rating. it's a Judas Priest yeah, I mean, or something. Yeah, it's got that real I see in the video chat, jungle. I see yeah. you shaking your head. I see Alex <laughs> air drumming. Like, you can't okay. see my yeah. head. I'm like, I'm just bouncing my head to this. Just Yeah. It's probably the heaviest song on the record, and it closes out you the record, yeah, which is kind I, of... You know uh, what? I am yeah. the total opposite. Yeah. I think Dave overdoes this um, one for well, me. No, I don't know about that. I, I'm I have to overdo. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I like, if you were here right now, I'd suck you right in the nose. <laughs> like I said, some songs he can make, and when I was listening to this, I, you yeah. know, this is the, like on fire, on fire. He's just screeching it, and I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> to close it out. I, I think it's... I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's pretty wonderful there, but that's yeah, just well, your, yeah, that's, my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably here. <laughs> would have agreed with you, Kev, way back when, like when I was listening to this record, this was hands down my least favorite song on the album. Like hands uh, down, I mean, okay, so I don't know if it was yeah. because it was placed last that I just sort of subconsciously kind of thought like, oh, they put it last, it they probably think it's like the least important song on the record and there was there's a lot of dave on this one kind of stealing the show screeching over top and a lot of maybe not so pleasing backing vocals in a a way like not as catchy it's more of just well yeah there's some there's some there's some yeah there's some kind of minor yeah it's not yeah it's not maybe as like catchy uh, as a a feel your love tonight chorus or a yeah or, or like, yeah, I don't know. For me, it was just sure. kind of a, yeah, it was, it was sure. Raging, I yeah. have totally c- come around on this song. Like, this is, I would keep this on the record, and this is one of my favorite ones. And, yeah. and oh, yeah, I know, I think they used to open with this song a lot on those early tours. Oh, did they really? And it's just, it just slams the door open and says, like, hey, we're here. Yeah. And it's just a big kind of party track, and they're pulling out all the stops. And yeah, it's napalm in your face, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's right. A good track. But yeah, it is unlike a lot of the other songs on the record. And that's why, funny enough, I always forget this song is, is on the first yeah. record. Um, I don't know why I keep thinking that it's on Van Halen 2. But, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's probably the, probably the most balls out song. And again, yeah, it's not, it's not as melodic or as catchy as the others. But I don't know. I just like it because it's just, again, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's a headbanger. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's a hard riff. Not hard as in. Yeah necessarily technical wise but just it's no he's just he's just digging it yeah, he's digging it's in. just yeah, it's, in, it's uh, yeah down now 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 it's just uh, it's yeah, like that uh, heavy uh, it get, yeah. <laughs> enrages you and kind of gets you pissed off and it's it's right. a tough riff it's cool yeah. all right well, all right alex yeah that wraps up track by track of van halen one so let's move yeah. on to right. some contentious opinions Go ahead, well yeah. yeah i'm not sure i i, I know I don't know how much. I yeah, I don't know. I'd have to know more about what kind of controversies were surrounding this album specifically. Um, I, I do know uh, that the demos for this record, and, and you can actually find them online. Uh, it's called the Zero Demo, uh, which is pretty cool to hear sort of more primitive versions of this song. Uh, I know we said we weren't going to be talking about Kiss, but uh, Gene Simmons actually 
sort of discovered them and helped right and was like, yeah was and put he kind of the helped yeah. them finance that demo and then I, I don't know if i was going to save this que- question for maybe a little bit later on but just sort of we're on the topic i thought this would no, be this a is fun, your time yeah this would be sort of a, a fun question to ask just tying in with kiss but um i've heard and, and and Eddie has different stories on this just through reading and articles and stuff. But there was a time where uh, I believe Gene and Paul poached Eddie to play guitar and kiss. I think after yeah. Ace Freely left. Yes, he, and, he actually, I think, I think he was, yeah, and again. Kiss talk, kiss talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll, we'll <laughs> keep that to a, we'll keep it to a minimum. But I just always thought that that was. No, so, no you're right. No, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, because, yeah, Eddie, I think it was actually where he was, I think, just burned out from being in his band. And he was actually, there was a brief moment where he actually like entertained the idea of joining. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> but that was yeah, one of the, if not the main reason. But, uh, yeah, uh, that he actually entertained the idea of joining Kiss as a. Uh, um, as a lead guitarist. I mean, does this represent, does this album represent what the band will become? Or is this just a moment in time that they were never able to replicate? Did they uh, mature from this, uh, or was this it? Yeah, I mean, I think Women and Children first, I think, was a was a pretty awesome, I mean, that's probably my favorite record. Um, but I don't think they were, broke as much ground and were as consistent as they were you know, here. Which is interesting because um, a lot of people say, like, yeah. oh, that that first album, oh, of course, that of first course. album, did they right. ever do it as well as they did here? Yeah, I would say no. I don't. They got they got close with uh, women and children. I mean, that again, that's just my opinion. Uh, even though there's not as many hits on that record, again, we'll get to that one eventually. But uh, but as far as top to bottom, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think they. Yeah, they pulled it off as and, well oh, as they an, did here. An yeah, interesting just... question because this is the debut record, right? Nobody had heard them before this, so they had nothing to judge them on. So this was their introductory to the world. And again, and they had a, and again, they had a lot of years. It's building yeah. up to that. I mean, they had been kind of honing these songs for four or five years up to that point. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, all the records that came out, it was pretty much record every year yeah. Every, yeah, after that. So, so there's a little bit, you could say there's a little bit of tightness and kind of, um, yeah, that you can hear as far as just the, um, uh, the construction of the songs mm-hmm. themselves are very, uh, are very and precise, it, yeah, which again is very hard. And it shows, you know, uh, just the, just what they had, I mean, was very, uh it was very cool i mean yeah a lot of bands have done it but i mean but here i mean you can really see why yeah that there was uh, once you kind of dig in a little bit yeah it's like there's a reason yeah that these and when it uh, went diamond so you know i i will say that it's going to be interesting you know this is just um you know a plug to keep listening but as we go through this discography what is going to you know what how are our opinions going to change you know, is this because I'm feeling right now, like listening to this record and going in depth with it, that like they never matched this. But I don't know. Well, like we'll see. It'd be interesting to see what our opinions are after going through the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's let's, let's get to uh, love it or hate it. If we're going track by track here, let's just go track by track down the row. Love it or flush it. <laughs> Running with the devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark. You start off. We'll do Mark, Chris, Alex, me. Sure. I love it. Chris, uh, I love it. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I can't put that down Alex? yet. <laughs> yeah, I would say I love it too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's got. It's got to be there. So Same unanimous. Here. Okay. 
Uh, eruption. Love it. Yeah, it's too important. Yeah, not to have it. Uh... Uh, even if it is kind of like uh, almost like an artifact of its time on the album, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, you, you love it, yeah, you got you got to have it on there because it's yeah, it's such a yeah, yeah, it's it's that one again, it's that yeah. hook, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for guitar players, yeah, from that point oh, it's, on, yeah, yeah. it's 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 necessary, absolutely, yeah, you really I got totally me, agree. flush it, our first flush. <laughs> I want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I love down the Mark, pipes it goes. I love seeing Mark tally the voice as we go. Yeah. I'm looking on the OneDrive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait until we get the sound effect in there. Yeah, that all. All yeah. right, Chris, make this make this all worth it. Love it or flush uh, it? Uh, uh, probably flush it. Yeah, just because I'm just burned out. Not, not. I don't. I don't. I don't hate it like Mark does, but I just. I can't. It's like a crazy train for me. I just hear it and it's just flush like, it for different reasons. Uh, it's just. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I, it's not. It's, it's not like a deep hate, right. but yeah, sure. it's more. It's more of just like I'm just. Yeah, I'm just tired of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get why people would flush it. it. It's not their song. It's a cover. I, I personally, I, I love it. I don't know. It's so fun, and right. you know, coming from a guitar player's perspective, I just it's really fun to play. So maybe that sort of sways my opinion a little bit. I just think of that when I think of that song, but. I would keep it. I think it's a fun track. I don't know. All right, you know what? We're going to, um, before Kevin start to interrupt, um, because I'm kind of asking the same question a couple different ways coming up in our wrap here. But if we get to the track that you want to buy for this album, and this is, we're putting together a, basically a, a light up the sky, uh, essential, better, best of discography um, album, essentially, uh, let us know now. So, okay. you know, yeah. either you guys, either you guys picked running with the devil eruption or you really got me, God forbid for the, um, <laughs> God for, for the uh, track you're going to buy. Yeah. Alex, I, I, Chris. I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, if so I'm basically assuming like you mean that if we were to, you know, make a, a best of Van Halen for a friend or like a playlist or something. And yeah. You get to pick maybe. Someone you care about. Yeah. Somebody, you pick a song or two off each record and you're like, this is what I would put in my greatest hits. I, I probably would not include this over other songs. So okay. so pretty much the concept is that you take one song from this and put it on your Spotify playlist. Yep. You sure. can only get one pick. So, all right. Yeah. So I mean, this, because this is our first show, yeah. like my, I know what mine is. It's not, I haven't gotten to it yet. Same. But if I just okay. want to let you guys, if if Chris, what was your, what track are you buying? Or don't don't tell us. Um, but have we done it yet? Is it running with the devil eruption? Or you really got me? No, it's not you. Flush okay, it, you no. really got me. Okay, okay. Kevin, so sorry. Oh no. Okay, so it's now my. I you know I I know I supported it beforehand and I I still like it. But I am going to flush. You really got me. <laughs> All right, we, we All got right. because yeah, Alex I, is the only one. So no, the only one of, of, of the, <laughs> the songs here, you know, it just it's it's just one of the ones. Hey, they don't they don't call me the contender on this show for nothing. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> flush, flush, love, flush. <laughs> I gotta have some of the hot takes here, right. so yeah. it's fun. All right, ain't talking yeah, about not love. The, not the flusher. Yeah. I buy it. I no, sorry, I'm not buying it. I love it. What? I am buying the. Or, You're no, buying no, it. Uh, okay. I love it. No, uh, well, no, well, we're not there yet. But no, I. It's. It's. Uh, no, I love it. It's. Uh, it's there. Yeah, I couldn't love it more than I already do. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Uh, that's, Alex? That's, I'm not gonna flush it. It, it. It's not one of my favorite songs <laughs> on the record. 
It's 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 no. hanging on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no. That's the thing. There's like no way that I can edit. He's got his hand on the on the toilet. There's no way I can flush this one. No. Yeah, I love this song. It's just again, and I'm sorry. It's it's just again. I've I've heard this so many these songs so many times that it's yeah. one of those ones, and it is one of their more simpler songs. And and I get yeah. kind of maybe why Eddie wanted to hide this one for the band at least. Uh, not show it right away, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep just, this. I, I just love the intro. Yeah, the intro. Yeah, the intro just sure. really always did it Same. for me. It's too just, yeah. So, yeah, Kevin, what you got? I love it. Great. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> All right, I'm the one. I am buying. I the one. Yeah. That is a buy from me. Oh. Uh, I thought about eruption. Um, eruption is more iconic. Mm-hmm. I'm the one. I feel represents the band as a whole at yes. its best. So, Chris? I love it. Uh, As far as kind of the Ragers, uh, probably my least favorite of the Ragers, but it's still still a great song. I mean, you can't can't take anything away from it. Uh, Uh, Alex? Yeah, Mark, I'm in the exact boat as you are. This is my favorite track on the album. It is definitely the one that I would put on my playlist just because, like you said... It uh it really encap- encapsulates everything that the band does well. Everybody's kind of showing off, but playing well and complimenting each other. Uh, yeah, I mean it was a tie between this and maybe eruption, and I know that might sound weird, you know, eruption over maybe like a hit. But if nobody had ever heard Van Halen before, you kind of want to show them how great Eddie was. So that's why eruption is on there. But I think I'm the one is is my pick. Yeah, you can only pick one, Kevin. I love this song. It, it hits on all the right notes here, so I'm loving it. Okay, Jamie's crying. I love it. Um, I like Dark Van Halen. I'll I'll, I'll take it. Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> I guess we can't choose the, the, the yeah. The, this is, sounds this like is a hanging on a bull yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not crazy. It's it's no it's no it's it's not it's not in the water but it's uh it's kind of it's 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 kind of yeah it's leaning on uh, the edge. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to mark um, that. You got you got to buy one or the other. Um uh I'll oh, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah, this is probably yeah probably my lead. I'll I guess I'll say. It's funny. It's a song where it, melodically that just again I'm just burned out on it, but it, the the lyrical content is kind of interesting. Uh, I guess I'll throw okay. it. I'll love it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll throw it a bone. Right, yeah. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the same again. It's overplayed in in my mind, like a lot of the hits are. But I've come around to it a little bit more, and the chorus is very catchy to me. And this was one of the first ones I tried learning to play. Right. So. Uh, it's interesting how in the course of yeah, that discussion I'll, I'll keep, like, I'll I've keep it for my that I, I don't know if I would throw it on my playlist to introduce somebody to the band but I, I would keep it mm-hmm. Kevin uh, flush <laughs> It finally got the wow. flush it deserved. So many people. Just yeah, he's flushing it. I'm not even going to give you. Just it I'm not even going to give you any explanation. <laughs> just flush it. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Atomic Punk. Mark, <laughs> thinking. Oh. It's, it's unique. Um, Why do you have to? Think I have about to flush it, it though. Yeah. It, it's just. It's too weird, too weird. Too it just straddles eras for me, and and just a, it doesn't. I don't know. Just doesn't hit the right buttons. 
Chris? Flush it. I'm going to have to disagree with you there, uh, Kimasabe. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I love it. Yeah, I just, again, it's another one of those couple of ragers on the album that just, yeah, the guitar mm-hmm. yeah, just really, really kicks butt yeah, for me. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is tough because at the time when I was, when I was younger, I probably would have flushed it. Um, it it's grown higher uh, as, as, as the years have gone by. I've learned to like it a lot more. Is it essential? I don't know. I don't want to flush it, though. I don't want to. So <laughs> I don't know if. Yeah, no it's like I can't. <laughs> I don't think there's like a middle. It's either you you love it or you got to get rid of it. So it's more. It's closer right. to a love than it is a flush. So that's where I'm gonna put it. Yeah, you're getting a love. It's more of a okay, like, okay. but I can't. I can't do that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's, yeah, it's friend right, zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quarantine. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quarantine. I love it. By far, my most improved track on this listen for this podcast mm-hmm. so I'm the only one on there. i've been listening to it it's it's one of those songs that even though i listened to this album for the podcast i put it on when i was working out and doing other things around the house because i wanted to hear it again so i love it okay i'm gonna have to differ with the group feel your love tonight oh uh, you know like I, like I love it from the perspective of like it just being an, an anthem you know, a call to arms yeah. for the, you know, the kind of like the basic '80s template. Um, it's just, and it's it's a super strong track for number eight. Um, and like I said, like on, on so many like mediocre hair metal albums that debuted, you know, from like '88 to '92, this would have been the opener. Um, but like this is Van Halen we're talking about here, and I don't think it's good enough for them. And I'm gonna flush it. Whoa. I like it, but I'm gonna flush it. Uh, wow! Wow! Because <laughs> <laughs> I won't love it. Uh, I like you. I'm like I like you, but I gotta put this bullet in your uh, in your head. <laughs> no, uh, I, I gotta dis- <laughs> I gotta uh, disagree with you on that one as well. I just uh, it just again the riff for me and just how they really, at least in the mix, yeah, just that riff just really stands out and just really mm-hmm. punches. Uh, not a rager, but I just love how it's. Probably the best representation of again of his of really hearing the kind of the just his, the brown sound that he yeah. kind of made, that he ended up making famous. It just really you can really hear it on that track. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give it the old okay. like. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is an easy love for me. Like like I said earlier, you yeah, know, maybe my second favorite song. And and th- and this is not even me trying to be hip or anything. Like oh, he's only picking the deep cut songs. It's just, like I said, I, I've heard those hits so many times and you know your your preferences change over the years, but this is has always been one of my favorite songs. It's just one of the, mo- the catchiest songs to me and just the vocal harmonies just got me got me strong when I was younger and they still do. So this is, this is a love for me for sure. Well said. Uh, this is definitely a love for me as well. It just works on all the right levels. Okay. Looks okay, like I'm starting so to diverge from the group here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just your dark yeah. uh, dark okay. personality. Hang I don't know. Call. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? Little Dreamer. <laughs> I love it. All right. Chris? No explanation. Uh, yeah. I Just for, I mean, it's not the song I go to, but just for its uniqueness. Uh, and just, uh, again, just a song with personality. Yeah. I, I got to give it the old okay. like. Yeah. For this one, this one's tough. That's where I might differ uh I, I would 
in a perfect world, I would absolutely keep it there. And I loved it a lot when I was younger, but I don't know. I might have to flush this one, guys. <laughs> I don't want Little to. Dreamer. Like I, but, you know, devil's advocate here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on there. Just because, I don't know, it doesn't hit as yeah. hard as it did when I, was, when I was younger. Where maybe other tracks have right. kind of crept up from the bottom of the pack in its place. So I... Am announcing to the group that I am buying this track. Ooh, oh my god, that was not That's expected. A hot take. Yep. It, Why? I, I I loved this track when I was younger. I still love it now. I there will be times when I will go to Van Halen one and only play this track, and it it is something about you know this band and how they can do this track that makes me love it. And it is just it's just the side of Van Halen that I love. Sure, they can just rip it out, but you know sometimes they can come at you in an unexpected way, and that's what I really love about this band. So I am buying it. Awesome. Yeah, unexpected. Took me a minute I to agree. put that B down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to th- toss that song out just because it is such a unique kind of risk. To, uh, it's, it, it was a risk. I mean, yeah. I mean, they they, they were taking a, ma- a massive risk, uh, yeah, with uh, including a song with that much uh, kind of variance. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it really threw a lot at you. Yeah, uh, just everything except the kitchen sink. I mean, they really, mm-hmm. uh, they yeah, they really covered uh, and very well too. And because of Dave's personality too, I don't think anybody else could have pulled it off uh, like he did. Oh. Because uh, I think you need, a, yeah, I think you need a little bit of that sense of humor and that little bit of that kind of, yeah, that uh, that uh, ego, I guess, if you want to call it, or for back of a little, like right, a better Chris, word. Yeah, you've just convinced me to save Ice Cream Man from a flush, and I'm going to give it a love. <laughs> <laughs> Your diatribe on Dave, say <laughs> this has changed my vote in a quick twenty seconds. There, that was good stuff. All right, all right, <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, man. I'll probably give it again, like just because again, it's a very yeah, yeah. It's so hard with this record, yeah, just because it's all you can see. They just yeah, they they tackle every angle, and they and they do it well for the most part. I mean, they really kind of show yeah, yeah, what years on the road and years of working together really proved that they could do something like this. Because yeah, if you, I mean, think about it. I mean, who else could have? pulled off a song like that like ice cream man i mean Especially any other band of that era, era right. nobody really yeah i mean you think i mean no british I mean, you couldn't have taken it seriously from a british band i mean <laughs> uh yeah i mean yeah can you think yeah like you right the stones bin. i mean even as <laughs> exactly yeah right yeah even yeah uh, yeah that would have been yeah just yeah i mean as much swagger as Mick Jagger has i mean you can't you i couldn't see somebody like that doing yeah you needed that american like mm-hmm. cockiness yep. which dave i mean has, has and still has even though i mean as much as he's burned it out he still he, he still hasn't backed off <laughs> right. give him credit yeah Alex? he's yeah yeah so anyway, for this yeah. one um I'll, I'll i'll say love and i'll say that I'll, I'll keep it on the record just because it really does introduce dave first and foremost on the acoustic guitar but it just really kind of shows their fun kind of whimsical attitude and i think it's important to keep that on the record because it really shows the band um yes it's a cover does it need to be there? 
I guess that's up for debate. I, I, I like it a lot. I, I liked it when I was younger. I still appreciate it now. Maybe not one of my favorite tracks on the uh, on the album, but a great, you know, just fun song, an easy one to sing along to, and a great solo. So I'll keep it. I love it, and I would love it just for the solo alone. So everything else is kind of a bonus. Sure. Yep, that's our first unanimous since ain't talk about love. And you know, this this brings up an idea that um, <laughs> just as a comment um, that uh, I think we're gonna add another category on the next show for vaporize it from existence. Ooh. So we'll have a buy and we'll have a vaporize. <laughs> execute, <Yeah. laughs> execute, terminate on site. <laughs> All right, um, but harsh, but okay. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the best bands yeah. in the world we're talking about here, but like still, um, on fire, um, murder. I, 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 I mean, I can't flush it, so I have to go with the love it. It's just uh, as, as, as you know, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of rager, but as Chris brought that up, I, I, I like that. It feels like a priest song on a Van Halen record, and and that works. Right, and that's what I kind of yeah. That's a song I always forget about. And then when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just uh, um. Has everybody bought yeah, the song? Yeah, you have not bought yeah, a song. The three of you. Okay. Um, I know. Uh, it's funny. It's between this one and "Ain't Talking About Love." Those were the two, and I was, I'm still, I was still kind of torn on it. Uh, I mean, I do love this song. This is probably my one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, I'm just trying to decide whether or not uh, if uh, if it's worth buying. Uh, oh man. Uh, can I, if I wanted to, could I, if we're already past one song, is it too late to buy or do I have to, if you want to buy Ain't Talking About Love, you can buy it now. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I will buy Ain't Talking About Love and, uh, I will, um, show my love for, uh, On Fire. (laughs) On Fire is fire. Yeah. This one, uh, Tricky, I know I was kind of talking it up earlier as one of those ones that I didn't really care for so much when I was younger. Um, and then I, I really learned to appreciate it over the years, but just because I'm the contender and I want to keep up with the, the controver- controversy here, I'm going to go ahead and flush yeah. this one. I mean, I appreciate it. I, I, I think <laughs> it was it was a good opener for them, but this one almost just kind of seems like maybe the least focused or least put together out of all the songs. Well, it's definitely the least, least accessible. accessible. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I appreciate it, uh, but yeah, I might flush this one. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So it's, so it's in the bowl. It's not hanging yeah, out. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit. I'm not gonna be wishy-washy. I'm gonna flush this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so stop trying to be nice, there. Alex. Just get it out of here. <laughs> they got the plunger right behind it, just in case. Double flush. Yeah. Should we have a double and triple yeah, flush? Yeah. Vaporize. <laughs> Terminate yeah. on site. <laughs> no. Side, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, as much as Mark and Chris have made good points for this song, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Alex oh, and flush this one. Oh, yep. boy. It's. No, you, Chris, you've definitely convinced me about it, you know, it being a rager and a burner for the song. And, and it, yeah. the riff is, you know, it is incredible. But. Yeah, that's, I mean, and that's probably my favorite part of the whole, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can see where you guys might, yeah, be as far as not on board with the vocals, because yeah. uh, they are, some Some of them are, can be pretty dense mm-hmm. and dissonant, uh, but uh, maybe that's, again, it's just another one of the many unique tracks, I mean, it just showed all the sides. Well, 
think uh, about this. Yeah. Not like oh, I'm just throwing this out there. Cut on fire. Okay, I can't. I cut on fire. Way. Yeah. Cut Jamie's crying. Move. I'm the one to the last track. Oh, that's a great track order. As much you, as I love you, Jamie's crying, you would end the album with "I'm the one." And with "I'm the one," it's still a burner. It's so great. It showcases everything about the band. It's oh, incredible. Yeah, you want more. And, and, and not, think about it too. Like yeah. oh, the albums I love have amazing closers. When you have an amazing closing song, and we all love "I'm the one," right. it really sticks with you, yeah. right? How how cool would it be? Is one of the best no, no, songs is the great, last yeah. one. Fair. It's probably the most the most melodic rager of like the three sure. or four on there. Um, so can't so argue. The, yeah, I just have yeah. a hard. I, I have a hard. I have, I have a real yeah, as far as cutting on fire completely. That's yeah, just one thing I'm struggling with. Uh, <laughs> you can't get over that take, part. I, would, of maybe, that. I mean, Chris, yeah. you convinced me on it, but I would yeah, maybe cut move it for you know that reorg. I like that. <laughs> okay, I don't. Know, I would move it maybe into the into the middle where you've got like that peak of just like where you're kind of like the blood's kind of yeah. pump in and whatever and then feel you your love tonight tonight takes it away i just can't i just can't, rock. i just can't help to think and, and i don't have any proof on this but i just can't help to think that they put this song last for a reason and that's maybe like yeah i don't know like i said this is only i'm yeah. uh, only a personal yeah. preference sure. i mean i i respect anybody who doesn't like it but yeah it, it's, it's just i mean if you think uh, about it too ending had... on ice cream man and that step down half time oh that would just be a great closer too. I mean, it's got so many good tracks, even though we're flush on half of them. I mean, to be fair, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're all the good track. This album went yeah. diamond for a reason. And, yeah. um, they right. could end in many different places. I think there was a couple options. It makes an interesting project to reorganize this. No, I, I, I and I get it. And I agree that ending with on fire probably wasn't, I wouldn't, that wouldn't have been my, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not a closing song. I mean, I think it's kind of, again, it's a, it's an in the middle when you're kind of in the moment and then it kind of, it keeps the, it keeps it going. Yeah. With the, and then, and then some of the more melodic songs, then you kind of come down uh, from the, that. So maybe, yeah. Uh, this is yeah. something we can actually look for uh, in the future. If you feel that an album could be better by reorganizing the tracks, yeah, you know, just 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 say it, you know, during this time. And I, yeah. and that's not, you know, honestly, I feel like I'd take this album as is rather than my cut version. But I just feel like if you had to get rid of On Fire, just rearrange it, and you still have a pretty darn good album. Sure. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. It, it, and again, that song, it, like I said, it, it is that one song is probably the least like anything else on the record uh, as far as a representation. Like I said, it's probably the most, you know, I think what Mark had said, it has, it's probably the most priest yeah. sounding, yeah, where it's just got that relentless kind of, yeah, just metallic, uh, where everything else is very kind of, very popish, very kind of traditional kind of, yeah, kind of arena rock um, song structure. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I can see it. I can see it from, I mean, from, yeah, from, yeah, from, uh, from that standpoint, but, uh, uh, again, just personally, I just, I love that song. Yeah, yeah. We got them all. We got a good, uh, uh, variety. Um, we have some unanimous, um, no, uh, unanimous flushes. You really got me. It was close, but Alex, you saved that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll save and, that and, and I think that's a proof of a good album, you know, when you got nothing and, you know, we're moving on now to, uh, Van Halen too. Um, you know, I, it's, it, that's an album I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I probably haven't. I've probably listened to that one of the least out of all Van Halen albums. So it's going to be interesting for me yeah, to dig into back sure. into I, that. I, yeah, yeah. I was uh, just in our uh, just uh, pre- pre- uh, preparation. Yeah, I did listen to the first three records actually from top to bottom. And uh, but yeah, this yeah the first record. Yeah, they had and again they had all the years to like with any 
starting or band uh, spreading their first record. I mean, it's usually yeah, it's yeah, you've got all the time in the world to record your first. Yeah, it's that old saying. Yeah, you got all the time in the world to record your first record, but then as far as following it up year after year, yeah, that's where you start to yeah, see. Yeah, I love that. Issues, yeah, 18 but years they, to write your first record yeah. and one year to write your next. Exactly. So you can sometimes, some bands are great. Some, they have that, yeah, uh, like Rocket Sauce or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Like Jack Black said in the Rush documentary, yeah, some bands have it where they have it for decades yeah. and can just yeah, pump it out. But uh, anybody else got uh, any closing comments before we uh, pull the plug on this? Uh, I think we're, let me see if there was anything else. Uh, I have in my notes here if there was anything else I wanted to. Uh, but yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, just looking at the at this at this point in time. I mean, even when when they were, yeah, they pretty much had to do a lot of the work themselves trying to push this record because nobody was really helping them. Whether it was the record label, or uh, uh, or the 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 rock critics who yeah, uh, yeah, who were pretty much. I mean, even back then, by that point, I mean, yeah, yeah, this type of music was not a critics type of music. I mean, they were always, or even on bands that sold 100 million records, even at that point, they were still giving crap about, like, oh, this is not real, blah, blah, blah. This is, yeah, yeah, uh, this is only for kind of uneducated, blah, blah, or whatever. Yeah, it's, um, but yeah, just from doing their own kind of, yeah, kind of building it up themselves, they really kind of, they showed that, yeah, uh, not that there is, uh, there was an audience out there for this. Mm -hmm. They proved it quick. And that it was unique. Yeah. uh, And that it was unique enough. Yeah, to uh, to kind of to blow up like it did. I mean, I think it debuted in the top twenty, which I think is pretty unusual for our first band with all these other great records that came out at the mm-hmm. time. Alex, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, the one thing I would say really. is uh, just you know, it's I would have liked to have experienced it when it came out, but I'm also grateful that I have the retrospective view of this because right, yeah, because yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah, both, I mean, it makes you know, it more it's like uh, you know, what was it like to live something through so great. So, lived through something so groundbreaking but at the same time you know we can look back and maybe appreciate some of the uh the deep cuts and appreciate what this album was in a different way so yeah i, I would agree with that and, and this might be sort of a generic comment to make now and it kind of applies to a lot of things but yeah like you said kev uh I mean, I, I I pose this question a lot to to friends of mine, and it's like we we love this album and this band so much now, and we always say, oh, you know, I wish I could have gone back and saw them in '78. Or for me personally, I will get to it, but I would have loved to see them on the Fair Warning tour. And I think to myself, well, I say that now, but if I was actually born and I was maybe 18 or 19 years old when this record came out. Who's to say that I wasn't into a different style of music at that time? Like maybe I would have heard maybe I would have heard this and I would have been like this is too heavy, this is too wild. I don't I don't care right. for this or maybe yeah. I, you know I was more of a you know punk guy or a new wave guy right. or a California sound kind of Eagles Linda Ronstadt guy. Right. Like yeah, who's to say I would have even liked that? So it's it's really hard to kind of say that but you know, knowing contextualize, contextualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know. Now, just knowing, yeah. you know, with the magic of video and stuff, and being able to go back and listen to all this stuff. Yeah, I, I love it now. But it's uh, it's 
interesting. Well, here's an interesting point. Now we're trying to close this out here, but um, I mean, our dad was 18 when this came out, and I would say, you know, not speaking for him, we, you know, he's not on the show yet, but you know that this album and Eddie had next to no influence on his guitar playing. I mean, he was already deep in uh, Richie Blackmore and and uh, you know right. Stevie Ray Vaughan and all those guys already. Interesting. It's yeah, a good point. So who knows? Well, well, we'll be uh, moving on next week. Um, I'll be trying to put these out uh, for you uh, every week, recording these uh, live on Sunday night, uh, and hopefully edit pretty quick and turn around to you. But on to Van Halen, too. So from Chris, Alex, Mark, and Kevin uh, from the Light Up the Sky podcast, goodbye and good night.